Welcome to the hundredth episode. We fuck. Well, I fucked up. <laughs> I picked a case that we've already done, and we just and we both realised it. Luckily, about five minutes into recording. Luckily. I had a great idea. I thought we've reached 100 episodes. By the way, 100 episodes. There, there was a fanfare and everything. You can't hear it, but fanfare, drum roll, woo, cheers, claps, all that. Um, I thought that's because there's 100 episodes, and it's mental to think that it's been 100 episodes. Since that, we'd already cut up. She'd already picked someone we've already covered. I thought... Well, a hundred episodes is a lot, and I've not been there the entire whole journey, but I thought, why not go back and recap over everything we've done from episode one to 100, and I guess talk about everyone a little bit that we've mentioned so far, because scrolling back, there's uh, quite a lot of people on this list that I forgot we even talked about. And it almost feels like now that we've reached a hundred, it feels like a season one-ish in a way, but we've come so far in what felt like a short period of time for me, but it's actually a kind of decent-ish long amount of time. I mean, yeah, this is true. So, yeah, I, I, I fucked up. Episode 100 was going to be Charles Manson, and then, yeah, Matt pointed out, have we already done this? And I was like, have I just... Because I did it on Twitch, so I thought the only other time I've done it is on Twitch. It turns out we did it in February. And it's really good that this was pointed out five minutes into recording, because whole shit. And there was the idea of, should we do the Christmas episode now? But no, you're going to keep the Christmas episode. It's just, it, you're going to have the Christmas episode as your Christmas episode. So episode 100, let's go back to the very beginning. And when it's funny you mention that, because if anyone is still here for when you did it on Twitch, that's longevity, and we appreciate people who've stuck by all this time. Because as we've said many a time, there's many other true crime podcasts and other true crime stuff that you could watch, but you or listen to, I should say, but you decide to listen to us. So, um, exactly. yes, it's the 100th episode, and we've still not changed one bit. Nope, we have not changed. Nope, still here. Uh, let's go back to the very beginning then, which was episode, which is episode one, which was in December twenty twenty one. And that's just you in the beginning. That's just me on my own. And I real, I was like, oh yeah, I'll do that on my own because I did it on the on Twitch. But I soon realised I hated talking to myself, and it was just not filling up the time, like at all. I was like, if I'm talking to myself, I'm just getting through it way too quickly and I'm not enjoying it as much. And it was just... I think I realised this after a few episodes. I was like, oh, wait, this is not what I expected. Yeah, it's episode 12 is when I come in. But I know about the people that were covered in the beginning anyway. So, big, big names in the beginning, I may add. And I'm kind of bummed out a bit. Some of these people I didn't actually... um, then I was get to talk about, I but yes. I, getting, I think I was just like getting the basics out of the way at first. So like episode one is Jeffrey Dahmer. I was like, let's just start with a fucking massive one. And this was before the uh, Netflix series came out as well. So 
Yeah, this was... I just did Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer's an interesting one. I feel like he is a lot of people's entry level into true crime. Do you think his... I don't want. I don't want to say this in a bad way, but do you think he is the number one? No. In terms of just like. No. You don't think that in no. terms of like most notorious serial killers, no. you don't think he's number one? No, because we've heard people do worse. Ah, but I meant in that general sense of just like. In terms of like people knowing who he is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Him and Ted Bundy and Richard Ramirez are probably like the top three for that. Oh, people have done way worse, but I, I, I feel like on because there's Netflix and there's so much other stuff attached to his name. Yeah, like with Dharma, he he was the one. I think he was the serial killer that made me go, "What the fuck?" First, without a doubt, he was the one that made me just sit back and go, "What the actual fuck?" Like straight away. Like, I feel the same with that one as well. Because the one thing I remember is watching the interviews of him and him being so calm and being like, I don't know why I did it, as if he was talking to the other half of himself. And for me, that's what made me go, what the fuck? When the person was going like, describing what happened, and he was so calm, dead face, and literally looked so sorry for himself, and he had no idea... And that made me go, okay, what the actual fuck? Because he was sober for the first time in years. He, I was like, he was like stone sober in those interviews. Like that's one thing that's like, how is he so calm? Like how is he so calm? Yeah, sure. That that is actually really like weird. Why is he so calm? But also when he's asking, like, he's not sure why he did it. Like, that will be a partial of, like, why the fuck did I do it? But also, like, it is weird because he was hammered throughout the entirety of his killing spree, which is not justifying what he did in the slightest. Because I've been absolutely rat-arsed off my face many of times, and not once have I decided to go, let's go kill a bunch of people. Never, never crossed my fucking mind. Like... So, like, the only, th- the like, when, when I've been absolutely rat-assed off my face, the only thing that comes into mind is, do I need another drink? Yes or no? Am I gonna puke? Yes or no? Do I message this person? Ends up being a yes, but it should have been a no. And that is, like, the most it goes. Uh, I can't fathom just being absolutely wrecked off my face. But the thing is, like, even when he was like had his moments where he was sober, he was thinking about it. He was going through it in his head all the time. Like he was sober and still wanting to do it. Like it was like the interviews are so weird because he's so slow. As well, when he talks, he's really, really slow, as if he's in his own little world in a way. I felt that as well. He he felt like he was in this encased bubble that was so separate from everyone else's world and to understand him you needed to be in that world but no one got in that world a lot of people also do the whole um the comparison of jeffrey dahmer and dennis nielsen because what they did is very similar and they well you'll agree with me basically ruined 
the look of those glasses because they both wore glasses and i guess it adds to the stereotype as well but i feel like jeffrey dahmer if anyone wears those type of glasses it's the bifocal lens yeah it just they kind of just had like the bifocal lens ended up getting a bad rep because so many dodgy people were wearing them so it's kind of like oh you wear bifocals you look like a pedo or you look like a murderer it's not something that anyone could have thought, oh, that bifocals are just going to go down the shitter. It just so happens that they had to wear them and it just became associated. And obviously more and more and other stuff we'll talk about it, it coming up with other items of clothing like trench coats, etc. Just get associated with true crime based on the perpetrator that wore them or used them. And... Once it's ruined, there's not really much you can do because it just seems so that uh, a lot of serial killers tended to have them type of glasses. And now if you wear them, you're going to get at least someone saying, you know, those those are serial killer glasses. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, the comparison between him and Dennis Nielsen was always started to be there. But a lot of people say that Dennis Nielsen is the British Jeffrey Dahmer. Now, let's clear some things up. Jeffrey Dahmer is the American Dennis Nielsen, because Dennis Nielsen was first. Yes. Dennis Nielsen did his first. Dennis Nielsen was caught before Dahmer had even started his spree. So... Let's just clear that up for a second. But Dharma was worse than Nielsen. And it and also it just so happened that they both were gay. Yeah, they, they were both gay. Uh and which... they both they both targeted the thing is they were both they were both gay. They around both of those times for both of them gay people were treated horrifically absolutely dreadful and they were a minority when it come when it came to crimes police didn't give a shit but they both got that minority and the vulnerability with both with that category targeted them mostly because a they're gay and it 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 fitted, fitted them i don't really know but they both had an an extra category added on top of it, but both different to each other. So Jeffrey Dahmer went after uh, after men of different ethnic ethnicities. Nielsen went after people who were homeless. Both of which put them separately to each other. Like you put, like put the ethnic minorities and the fact that they're gay separate. That's two separate vulnerabilities and two separate minorities. But you're putting those two together, which means that that's more of a vulnerability. Like the police are not going to give a shit, especially during those times. The police didn't fucking care, and that's a blatant fact. And no one can argue with me on this because we looked at the cases. It's true, they did not care. They saw that it was, in their words, gay business and didn't give a shit. That's the thing with those two as well. The fact that they 
targeted people that no one's going to look for or the police aren't going to really give a shit about. The thing is, though, do you think we will ever see someone on the level of Jeffrey Dahmer again in the future? I don't know. Because there is still the factor of people like that targeting minorities, knowing full well that people might not just might just not give a shit like that is still there so that is true that that could i think i think possibly just because when you look at how the world fucking is and how certain people are treated in like the eyes of the law and everything i think so which is really horrible to say but it wouldn't surprise me it would surprise me more if they got away with it for longer so if it came out that this serial killer had been operating for 10 years or more and they've only just caught him like it's, it's, they're like oh yeah especially 10 years so it's been modern day they're like oh this serial killer's been operating for 10 years they've killed this 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 amount of people if that came out and the fact that it'd been going on for that long i would be surprised I think that there's a possibility of stuff like this happening again because unfortunately that is the world that we live in. And I think but I don't think they'll it'll go on as long. Or I hope it won't. Well, that they'll get caught, I, they'll, I get, mean, they'll get caught quicker cuz te- they'll get caught quicker cuz technology is different now. I mean the thing about uh, this case, I guess the ending of this is that he got murdered in, in jail. Yeah, he did. Uh, not many times that happens, but I mean, he. Normally, ma- I mean, normally they're well protected, aren't they? It's see, it's not surprising he ended this way. For someone being that fucked up, him getting murdered in jail seems like one of the you know the, the ways that he sh- he was destined to die. I I I feel like if he just lived and rotted in prison, that wouldn't have satisfied anyone whatsoever. So the fact is, he got himself killed not he was murdered at least brings some justice to people yeah because he died the way he went about living his life killing others one thing that's as well with dharma one thing that's never sit right sit right with me was how his parents were with it all i understand that it's your child and it's very difficult to not love your kid i get that but his parents are just they just did not sit right with me at all they just seem like assholes and cunts to me both of them both of them are both of them are pieces of shit like i don't fucking care the dad's fucking weird like the dad is just coddling him when he's in prison his mum just is kind of like let's release a bunch of shit so I can get some extra cash they're both cunts in their own right I don't like, I think his parents are the way they were afterwards they didn't give a flying fuck about the victims and the families yeah well we uh, started off well sorry, you started off strong by doing Dharma as the first episode 
Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, the second episode was a bit of a niche one, you know. I I don't know this one. So don't know nothing about this. I listen to because I always listen to true crime for podcasts when I want, and um, this was one case that came up. And it's an unsolved case, and it's kind of rare that we do unsolved ones. But this one, when I first listened about it, was very different. So, The Monster of Florence, obviously, as I just said, it's an unsolved uh, serial killer case that happened in Florence, Italy. And it happened mostly in the hillsides of Florence, so... A lot of the time, all the victims were people that, a lot of the time, they were engaged couples uh, that would go in the the car, they go to the secluded area, kind of like one of those typical, like, hillside bits where they could, you know, do a bit of this, do a bit of that in the backseat of the car kind of thing, because Italy, for those who don't know, is very, well, a lot of places in Italy are very very religious it is a very common thing and it's a very common thing especially around this time that when couples are engaged they they live with the family still family keep an eye on them no sex till marriage kind of situation but a lot of the time the couples would not really listen to that kind of thing they would most of the time just go in the car go off somewhere do this do that and that was quite common. But these people were being found in these hillsides in their car, dead. And it became a recurring thing. It was always engaged couples. They were always <coughs> in the secluded area. Just the two of them. And they would end up dead. But the pattern was just there from the get-go. And people were like, this is getting a bit this is clearly the same person and uh, a lot of the time there were witness accounts so a lot of the time some family members or friends of the couples would say oh before they went off on the in the car uh, they would she would mention that she could see this guy in the corner uh, just watching them or that someone would talk to them and they'd find it a bit uncomfortable and a bit weird and then he'd leave not too long after they would leave and that became like a recurring thing those little witness accounts where they could never get a facial description there was one where a couple they weren't doing the do but uh they were just on the hillside bit and they had and the the female victim had her son in the back seat of the car and she gets out of the car for a split second she gets shot and then her husband or boyfriend gets shot as well the kid gets out of the car and tries to go away but weirdly enough according to the kid (coughs) sorry according to the kid there's two accounts of this. One where he thinks he doesn't really remember it too well. He was quite little. He doesn't really remember it. And his brain kind of goes, I think it might have happened this way. I can't remember. He he says that he got to a 
to a house. But he can't remember properly how he got to the house from the car. He knows that his mum had been shot. But he doesn't remember how he got to this stranger's house. And at one point he thinks, oh, I might just walk there. But the police officers realised that when they interviewed the kid, the kid's shoes weren't a mess or anything. It didn't look like he'd been walking for like a good half an hour to an hour. Didn't look like it. <coughs> and then the kid kind of remembers. Someone picked him up and took him to the house. And now a lot of people think that the person that took him to the house was the killer. Because the killer never went out to kids. Never. Which then brought up this theory that the monster of Florence is someone who has children, because they're not, they're not going after children. Someone who has a regular life, but they have a hatred towards these couples. And this happened for a good number of years. And there's a few cases that are very spread apart in terms of length, in terms of in between each other. But nothing's happened since I think it was like the late 90s or something like that now. People think the monster of Florence is dead because it's been that long. But it's a very unsolved case. It was very different. I remember that. It was a very short episode. It's like 26 minutes long. But I remember just being intrigued by this case. But there's, not, hmm. there's not as much you can do when it comes to unsolved cases. I think the longest unsolved case that we've ever covered was the Zodiac Killer. Well, that thing that one comes up ne- ne- near. I know the next one is um, BTK, who Bye. I don't know who, even who that is. Really? Okay. Who's BTK? BTK, very... BTK is up there with a list of serial killers that people tend to think of when they think notorious serial killers. So he's always like, if you Google top 10 notorious serial killers, he's always on that list. Oh, I think I've seen this guy. BTK is the definition of cringe in a fucking serial killer. The way he got caught is fucking stupid. The way he handled things was fucking stupid. And he's just cringy as fuck. And he's just annoying. That's the best. Oh, he's one of those baldies, <coughs> receding hairline type. He looks like the um, the toy collector guy from Toy Story. Oh my god, he does. Yeah. Um, what the fuck's... <laughs> so, the... BTK... Al. Was it Al? No, it's not Al. Yeah, Al's toy barn. So BTK stands for Bind, Torture, Kill. He came up with that nickname. Often the press come up with it. He came up with the nickname. And it made no sense because he wouldn't... He would bind them, that is correct, and he would kill them. He wouldn't torture them, though. Like, he never tortured them, but he was one of those where... He'd commit the murders. He'd often do. He'd often target families, so he'd do like big mass killings, like in terms of like he'd get into the house and he would kill the families. He was also the security. He also worked for the security company that people were hiring. Oh. So uh, they're like, oh, we need to 
protect ourselves from BTK because he's on the loose and the person that comes around to sort their security system out is BTK. It just feels so weird though, having someone with a three letter kind of name, especially in this day and age where most like three letter things are associated with someone not in a serial killer way. At least I don't. That's why when it was BTK, I'm like, who's that? Because I think of things like, I know, BTS, the music groups that have that sort of thing, or companies that go by three things, or just a celebrity who might have an alternative name they go by. But, you know, it's just intriguing that uh, he's known as... Because I'm assuming people don't go and uh, know him by his actual name of Dennis Raider. Yeah, they can, some pe- some do, but it's more people who have read into the case. that kind of And do. again, the glasses... Yeah, he's got those glasses. He's got the glasses so, again. He has kids. He has a he had a wife. Like the whole thing, he's probably like family person. Apparently, according to his wife, there was nothing that gave off that this was gonna that he was gonna be the one that had done this. His kids say he was just a normal dad. The whole thing. He would leave letters for the police. He was he was. He couldn't write properly, like, he couldn't really spell well, so he kind of looked like a child had written half the letters, if I'm being completely honest. And he would kind of just leave the letters in stupid fucking places, because he tried to make this mysterious angle, which is so dumb. He was like, oh, did you get my letter? Where, where was it? Oh, it was in the in a book, in a specific book in this library, like, trying to be, like, some fucking shitty movie. And there was once where... He thought it was really funny. He wrote a letter to the police on a cereal box because he thought, huh, cereal box, cereal killer. And he left oh. He left it in the back of this truck next to a bunch of, like, bins. So when the person saw this empty cereal box in the back of his truck that wasn't his, he thought someone had just thrown some rubbish in there, so he chucked it in the bin. Like, and then Dennis is like, did you get my letter on the cereal box? Like, what fucking letter? I left it here in this truck. Well, it's clearly in the bin now, mate. That that happened a fair bit. And then the way he got caught is just so insanely dumb. It's so funny, the way he got caught, because it shows how stupid he is. Okay, so how did he get caught? How, how is it stupid? He messaged the police. This is like in the early 2000s. He messaged the police and he said, like, sent them a letter. He said, if I send you stuff about my latest crime, my latest murder, or the murder I'm going to commit, on a hard drive, like on a floppy disk hard drive, would you be able to trace that back to me? I'm just wondering. Now, the police are logically going to go, no, definitely not. They can. Like, they're just being like, no, definitely not. Yeah, just send it over, BTK. Just send it over. So he sent the fucking floppy disk to the police. They put it into their system. to, And they just look, you know when you just go on properties on, like, a file... And you can yeah. find out where it was created sometimes. It can have the location and the name of the person that's made it because of the computer it was done on. They just did that. And it showed up the location. And also, like his, I think it was like his initials, his actual initials were on the hard drive on the properties bit. And I think it was just like 
D Raider or something on there, or just D, or just DR, and it had and it had the location of the church that he worked in on the properties. So they went on the church's website, and the, the church had a list of employees or page on the website. So they went on the employees page, found Dennis Raider, and went, "Well, there he fucking is." Oh, oh my days! There, there what, we go. Blind. And they just found out where he lived based on the fact just you're asking his boss, and the boss was like, "Oh yeah, here's his, here's his address," and they arrested him. That was it. It was so oh, dumb. Wow. Like I've seen, I've had comical ways of how serial killers have been caught. Richard Ramirez's one always makes me laugh because he had an actual mob chase him down. Dennis Raiders is just so thick as pig shit. It's wow. genuinely comical. Well, that's that's fucking that's fucking I'm so fucking stupid. But yeah, I mean, some of the episodes I'm realizing he's were like, not as long. I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, especially in the early days. Uh, like I'm pretty sure he's still alive. Well, I think I think yep, he, that's. He, well, I think we could do. I think uh, maybe after <coughs> each of these, because I don't know if we're gonna get through all the hundred. But if we go through and just maybe at the end of them we can just find out if they're alive or not. Because some of the people in the time that we have covered them, if they're new people or whatnot, could have passed away. Yeah, Dennis Raid is still alive. He's seventy-eight. Um, so you know, he's still, yeah, he's still kicking about. But I think the big my first, obviously we went through a few different ones before you joined us such as such episodes were the yorkshire ripper the zodiac yeah, well, the zodiac killer <laughs> bonnie and clyde because i thought that was a bit different peaky blinders the original peaky blinders that was a cute little one the cray twins charles bronson <clears throat> uh fred and rose west i am never repeating that case you could not pay me richard ramirez and then you joined in at episode 12 with the Golden well, State Killer. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking if we can't get through the 100, we could do the first 50. Yeah. And then do the other 50 in another episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- that'll do. That, that, I think that works well. Um, I mean, we don't have to delve too deep into some of them, not that we won't, but uh, after after BTK, you do the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah. Which is like big, big, big. Yorkshire Ripper is an interesting one because it's all, it's it happened in Leeds. That's not too far away from me, and also one of his crimes he committed in Manchester. So it's the Yorkshire Ripper is one that's always kind of fascinated me. I'm not gonna lie because a lot of the time you get this whole narrative of their childhood is traumatic. They probably went through this this is a horrific thing. He didn't. His childhood was relatively normal, which is very different. So, like, the uh, the most he had was a bit of a is, is an overbearing, sexist dad. But that's kind of it. Like, he got bullied a bit, but that was like that's that's just like a, most kids' normal childhood. If I'm being completely honest, so he had a very normal childhood. Like, he had. I think he had. I think he ended up having like frontal lobe damage, and I think that's what a lot of people say kind of did not help. But he 
for those who don't know, the Yorkshire Ripper was a was a nickname given given to Peter Sutcliffe by the media because he was targeting sex workers, which is what Jack the Ripper did. So the media dubbed him as the Yorkshire Ripper because all of his crimes happened in Leeds, in Bradford. Uh, they did one in Manchester, but mostly in the Yorkshire area. Now, Pierce Sutcliffe's a very interesting character because he, like I said, no traumatic childhood. His hatred towards women, he had a massive hatred towards women. He was a massive mummy's boy when he was growing up. That's the thing. He was a massive mummy's boy. And he thought his mum was God's gift. He was he absolutely adored her. And it was the day... His dad was constantly having affairs, so it's kind of hypocritical. But his mum hated his dad. Think she, think he was beating her every now and again. She was just hating him. She wanted to get out of that marriage, but it's hard when you have a bunch of kids. And she ended up having an affair. Dad found out, took Peter, took Peter and his siblings to the hotel where his mum was having the affair and basically in his stupid fucked up way showed the kids who she really is and that kind of made Peter act like his dad and that all women are sluts, all women are this, all women are that and that's when he started hating women and that's that's why he went that's his, that's, that's, that's the excuse that he gave for why he, he did and I remember he was one of the cases where uh, people um, tried to uh, stupid people were leading the case away from yeah. Peter being the yeah there, uh, there was victim. there was the infamous letters that were connected to it and the tapes was the prime one so someone in Sunderland which is not Yorkshire. Uh, very different accents as well, uh, started writing to the police claiming to be the Yorkshire Ripper. He then decided to start sending tapes talking about the case. And he was just saying, oh, I'm going to do another one. She's going to be like this. She's going to be like that. He was picking the most generic things to make it connect, which did work. And the detective at the time was just saying, we need to focus on this because this is clearly the killer. Focus on the tapes. Forget everything else. Focus on the tapes. So if any, when people were coming towards him, some detectives were genuinely coming up to him being like, this Peter Sutcliffe guy, I'm thinking it's him, you know. I really think it's him. There's something not right about him. The detective, the main detective would just be like, no, these are the tapes. This is definitely him. Focus on the tapes. And they were playing the tapes out in public. They were blasting the tapes in nightclubs. They were blasting it wherever they could to see if anyone could recognise the voice. And like a, people were saying, this is this guy's clearly from Sunderland. He's not the Yorkshire Ripper. Let it go. But they just weren't doing it. And during the time where they were focusing on the tapes, it gave Peter Sutcliffe the little bit of a leeway to go and carry on doing the murders because they were no longer looking for him, specifically. They were looking for someone from Sunderland. Peter Sutcliffe is from Leeds. He has the Yorkshire accent. They're not going to listen to him and go, oh, yeah, you're clearly it. They're just going to go, no, you're not. So he really fucked up the case for a long time. 
And he died 2020, I think. Died of COVID? Yeah, COVID got him. COVID Fuck got, you. COVID got him. I mean, COVID's uh, it's a horrible, horrible disease, but if, you know... Like... The fu- if I had wanted anyone to die from COVID, him. Yeah. And he did, so... So, like, my... Obviously, like, this is in the 70s and 80s kind of thing. So my parents were kids at the time when all this was going off. And I asked my dad, my d- we were just talking about it one day, I just asked my dad, I was like, do you remember anything about when he was on the loose? Like, do you remember anything on the news or in the radio about it? And he was just like, yeah, he was kind of just all over the news, to be completely honest. Like, you just couldn't go without not hearing about what was going on. Um, we thought he was in Buxton at one point, which is where my dad's from. Yeah, we thought he was in Buxton. And because a, a murder happened in Buxton, and everyone was just like, oh, well, it's clearly him. Oh, my God, he's here. And it sent everyone into a blind panic. And then my dad told me what the year was. The year? I think he said he remembered the year and roughly what time of year it was. And I just went, oh, no, no, no. He was uh, he was trotting around Bradford around that time. Like you, you, That wasn't him. You're good. Which freaked my dad out a bit. But the fact that my parents remember that time when he was obviously out and doing everything that he was doing. But he got caught in a dumb way as well. Not like dumb as BTK dumb, just more like didn't really think properly. Like he was going to murder this sex worker. He had her in his car... And then the police turned up because uh, they were monitoring the red light districts. And they recognised the girl because they've arrested her a few times for sex work. So they knew who she was. They knew her name. And uh, Peter Sutcliffe was like, they're like, oh, what are you two, what are you two doing? And Peter just was like, oh, this is my girlfriend. We're just chilling. The police officers knew that that's not his girlfriend because they know who she is. They were like, no, no, it's not. So they were like, oh, yeah, what's her name? And Peter just went, oh, we just like kind of met not too long ago, so I don't really know. Which, fucking dumb. So, but they checked his, like, license plates and everything. They didn't really trust it. So they arrested him initially for his plates. And he, when they were arrested him, he just went... Oh, I really need to go to the toilet. Am I right? Just going around that wall just to kind of go pee. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And they heard something like heavy and metallic drop because he was using like a ball pin hammer to do his killings. And he basically just dropped his hammer because he had adjusted his pants in a way so that it would be easy for him to get access to stuff. So I think it was... I think he. I don't. I can't remember what alterations that he'd done, but the police officers found it weird when they were searching him later on. But one of the officers remembers hearing this like metallic uh, thing drop. But he kind of just left it, brought him to the police station, uh, and uh, running the plates and everything. They rang his wife. This whole. This whole thing. And one of the officers was like, oh, yeah, he kind of, like, dropped something, I think. I'm going to go back and see where he was. So that officer went back to go see where he was, saw the ball pin hammer. They also checked his 
what he'd had on him and he had rope handcuffs all this kind of basically the ideal stuff to tie someone up and kill them all the ideal stuff that had already been noted down that the Yorkshire but does and this police officer went oh shit oh shit and immediately went in and went he dropped a ball pin hammer I think that's the Yorkshire Ripper I'm positive it is at this point the original detective on the case had already retired due to the stress of it and they rang him and went we're in Bradford we're at our station I think we've got him and they kind of just sat him down and were interviewing him and he they hadn't even just said to him, we think you're the Yorkshire Ripper. Then they asked him a couple questions, being like, where were you on this day? Which is the day of some of the murders. And he just was like, oh, and he kind of did this dramatic thing with it. He kind of just went, all right, you've got me. Ask the question. And they're like, what question? Ask, am I the Yorkshire Ripper? It's me kind of did like a whole dramatic like comedic reveal to them that he was that well, as a way of confessing which I thought was really fucking odd and at this point they've got his wife in the next room because they've called her to come and just like give an alibi like talk to her and everything she has no she thinks he's been arrested for plates she has no fucking idea that he's just confessed to being the Yorkshire Ripper which is kind of insane. It's the way he just gets arrested for plates and for possible engaging with sex workers. And just says it. But that happens so many times when we've looked at these cases. They'll arrest these serial killers and they will just confess and say everything so quickly. But I do remember he was one that tried to plead insanity during his during his trial because his wife uh, is is a paranoid schizophrenic. She was diagnosed a long time beforehand, and she takes like medication for it, does everything that she needs to keep it in check. So he knew how she would act if she's not on the medication. So he basically tried to mimic that to try and plead insanity, but luckily the psychologist read right through it and went, "No, no." But I think they ended up did. I think they ended up did classing him as a psychopath, and they did put him in Broadmoor for quite a long time because this is a funny thing. They gave him a life sentence, but they also gave him. I think it was like thirty years until the possibility of parole kind of situation. But they'd done that in a very smart way. So they gave him 30 years with the possibility of parole but as a life sentence as well. When he was in Broadmoor, Broadmoor's a hospital. It's not a prison. It's a hospital. So when his he'd been in Broadmoor for about 30 years, I think he ended up being put into an actual prison eventually. And then he was like, after 30 years of being inside, he was like, Oh, I should be able to go for parole now, shouldn't I? And they went, no. He's like, no, I've, I've been inside for 30 years. And they're like, you were in a hospital for about 30 years? That don't count, mate. <laughs> you were in a hospital. Your sentence starts in a prison. 
you're in a hospital. So that not no, you don't get out. You don't get parole. You don't get even get a parole hearing. Like you were in hospital. Which I found which I found really funny. And I could just genuinely imagine the joy on the person that got to tell him that's face. I just find that bit always very funny. It's like, I've done 30 years in a hospital. Doesn't count. I just find that funny. I've got a book on the Yorkshire Ripper as well. Like, I'm li- I can literally, like, see it. <laughs> I have a book on some of them, I think, that we've covered. I'm not sure. I don't have a lot of true crime books. I've got the book on Dennis Nielsen. The, you know, the, the, the book. I've also yeah, I've got the Yorkshire Ripper one. It's called Wicked Beyond Belief. It's fucking huge. Um, I've got another book called Talking with Psychopaths and Savages. Just going into the minds of serial killers, but yeah, but the Yorkshire Ripper one always. Every now and again, I will re-listen to stuff on the Yorkshire Ripper because it genuinely baffles me. Just because of how he is, just like how he went from a normal childhood to being that fucked up thing. But apparently, he's like, he had a friend as well that would be sat in the car while he'd go and do these murders. His friend just thought thought he was just using sex workers, so he didn't really think anything of it. But he would just literally sit in the car. And there was moments where apparently he would be looking at some of the women that would come into the put into the pubs and everything, and he would just squeeze like his his pint glass and it would shatter because he was getting so angry just looking at him he just have those weird moments of rage he was a fucking oddball yeah well the the next one I don't know much about the uh, Zodiac killer the Zodiac killer is an interesting one because I never really cared about it like, in terms of like list reading about it or researching it beforehand because I had everyone I think everyone's like heard of the Zodiac Killer. There's been movies about the Zodiac Killer, there's been theories about who the Zodiac Killer is. And I'd never really probably read into it because I was just like uh like okay kind of thing. I don't know why I never looked into it. I, I mean this isn't this isn't one we can say if the person's dead because we don't know who it is. Oh no that's I'm pretty sure recently over the past few years they have found out who the zodiac killer is uh oh. he, he he is dead oh. to point out he died i think he died in like 2018 something like that he is dead uh um, oh. there was like connections with like certain scarring that was noticed on the zodiac killer by witnesses was on this guy in the exact same spot in the exact same way the facial recognition everything looked exactly the same uh but yeah, apparently the Zodiac Killer, they have found out who it is. Uh, but the Zodiac Killer is an interesting one because it was unsolved for a very long time. One thing that angered me about the Zodiac Killer case was it could have been solved decades ago. Very easily. But it didn't because of a fucking stupid pain in the ass phone operator that was working for the police with the last zodiac killer kill someone saw it happen from their apartment very clearly they got the description of the person perfectly well bang on 
they rang the police to give the information in. Person who they literally said, it's a white blonde man, white blonde man with glasses. He has this scarring. There's the perfect description. Bang on the money. The operator then uh, calls in to some officers that are literally right near where the crime where the crime is happening and she says uh someone is possibly witness a zodiac killer committing a crime they should be apparently he should be running in your direction uh he is a black male uh wearing he's a black male wearing glasses which is not what the fucking person witness had said. It's so completely different. So, according to the police officers, when this eventually got revealed that the phone operator had given false information to the officers, the police officer, one of the officers that was running, when they were running towards the scene, remembered that the Zodiac Killer ran right past him. literally ran right past him but because they were given the description that this was a black man he didn't stop him but when but when he saw the actual description witness description he was like i saw him i saw him he went right past me i could have got him then and there i could have just got him then and then. then and there and he would have been solved but i didn't but i didn't stop him because i didn't have the correct description of him so some Damn. some racist bitch decided to let's just say this is a black guy for some fucking random reason because of that person they didn't catch him fucked up ah how times have changed though um yeah. hopefully for the better yep uh the next one Bonnie, Bonnie, and Bonnie Clyde. and Clyde. I I feel like the name in itself is infamous. Cause I, I've heard Bonnie and Clyde being used in many multiple other things as well. Yeah. Um. I mean, as of recent, one of my favourite Swaco songs, "It's Going Good," uh, that he has the lyric "Ride till we die, Bonnie and Clyde," and you know, it's being used in songs. It's been in countless other things. So the name itself is sure to ring a bell. With I'm a lot, assuming anyone. A lot of cringy couples use it as like, "Oh, we're like Bonnie and Clyde," and I'm like. Yeah, the whole, like, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, we love each other so much, we'll do anything sort of thing. And I'm like, D- you don't really want to be, dude. I'm yeah, just saying. I think, that, I think that's what they're trying to say in the whole, like, oh, we're a couple, like, Bonnie and Clyde, never separated, do everything together. And it's like, they're fucked up people, so I wouldn't compare yourself. Bonnie and Clyde is an interesting one because it's so... It's You're going to say that with every case. Interesting one. It's... Yeah, well, they're all interesting, but Bonnie and Clyde is used in such so many pop culture things. It's you. It's been used for since it happened. And I remember when I was, I went through like a phase where I just could not stop researching Bonnie and Clyde. I just had to know everything. I was watching documentaries on them, movies, the whole thing, and I remember I watched an interview with the with someone who actually had seen them when they were a kid. So they were really, really 
young and during the interview they're really really old I think the person who was interviewed died a few like a couple of years later but they were the last living person to have seen them in the flesh and it was when they were on the run they were running from the police and Bonnie had 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 an injury in her leg that was getting really badly infected so she was limping and she was just really trying to run and Clyde was running behind her and everything there was a like literally saw them run through this person's back garden into the woods to get away from the police because they were hunted down for a very long time for armed robbery it was mostly armed robbery bonnie bonnie's life was very normal and innocent at the start like bonnie was engaged to someone else i'm pretty sure yeah bonnie was engaged to someone else she had a normal life going on she had it all set in stone she wanted to be famous she wanted to go to hollywood she wanted to become a star all this kind of stuff clyde was always doing the gang work he was in and out of prison quite a lot and then he met bonnie and he got put in prison again for more gang work and like armed robbery all this kind of stuff and bonnie didn't want to go without him so she helped break him out with the help of his gang and they went on the run there'd be a few times where they'd come back home when they thought it was safe to come and see family and everything but then they'd quickly leave again when they realized the police were chasing them down because i think it was really high intelligence police forces were trying to get them because they were massively wanted for a lot of their crimes because there was a lot of times where they'd be on robbery but they'd end up murdering people at the same time to have no witness accounts so they were murderers at the same time people have this whole love story behind it it was a very abusive relationship it was kind of some would say normal for the time but there was a lot of physical abuse on both sides towards them there was a hell of a lot of it was a it, it was a very very bad relationship where they were constantly beating each other threatening to kill each other the whole thing but everyone knows when in Clyde's like ending obviously they, they died the police were really cornering in on them and they kind of knew where they were going to be headed next which town they were headed to next so they knew which road that they had to corner them down on so as bonnie and clyde were coming down the road the police were hiding in the bushes and tall bits of grass and shot at them a lot the like the car's in a museum i'm pretty sure is it the car, oh the, yeah the bonnie and clyde car that's been that's got all the bullet holes in is in a museum Be- oh uh what well, i'm not stuck uh, nevada so it's in um uh, uh yeah las vegas must be then if it's in nevada yeah maybe yeah there's, there's pictures as well from when they died like where you could kind of still see their bodies in the car i think i think clyde died first and then bonnie but yeah, they died together. That's why people do the whole like, oh, we're like Bonnie and Clyde. No, you don't, don't, don't. No, you're not. You're not. Damn. You're not and you don't want to be. 
No, I mean... I remember, like, I remember, right, like, this is such a random fact. Not fact, but I remember, like, because, like you said, people have added in, had, had the Bonnie and Clyde reference in songs for God knows how long. Justin Bieber had it in one of his, like, early songs, like, very, very fucking early, like, when he was, like, baby Bieber. And I remember, I remember the lyric of it, actually. And it was something, I remember when I listened back to it years later and I went, fuck. It just, the lyric was, um, Bonnie and Clyde, they never have to, they never had to hide like we do. My dude. <laughs> That's... My dude. Mm. Like... No. Not a yes. thing. That's uh, very not good of you to write look like that, Justin Bieber. And he's shit anyway, so fuck him. True. That's where people are going to turn on. I don't give a fuck. But the next... I mean, I'm going to say this, but the next one... Yeah. A massive show now. Yes. Everyone's watching this. The Peaky Blinders. So I think most people are probably going to know about this... Uh, if it's from the UK specifically, but I'm not a, f- a watcher of the show, I should say. I've watched a good few seasons of it. I really enjoy it. Uh, Peaky Blinders, yeah, so people obviously will know the show. This episode was not going in on the show at all. This episode was about the original Peaky Blinders. So, there were there was an actual gang in Birmingham called the Peaky Blinders. This is true. There was not a Thomas Shelby. I'll hate to tell you, but there wasn't. Uh, but they, the the real Peaky Blinders. I thought it was interesting to talk about because of the obsession that people have with the show. I think this was around the time the last season had come out on it, and the Peaky, the actual Peaky Blinders, were not like the one that you saw on TV. They're not that badass. They weren't wealthy. It was none of it. They did not rule Birmingham for a massive amount of time. They, I think, ruled it for about a year or two and then they kind of got shoved out. Because <laughs> they lost, I think they lost like a bet or a battle or something. And I can't, there's because in the show, there is a whole thing where they... What's it? Sorry. There's a whole thing where they have a battle with rival gangs. And it becomes like a massive main, main uh, talking point of it. Like especially in the first season, I think it's definitely in the first season. Into yeah, Billy Kipper. He has a whole in the, in the TV show. They have a whole thing with Billy Kipper and his gang, and there's a whole rivalry. But the Peaky Blinders beat Billy Kipper. Whole thing, and I go into it on the episode. In real life, the opposite happened. <laughs> they weren't as glamorous. It's a very it's a very weird episode. I will definitely say that. I just thought it was an interesting one to try and talk about because it is technically true crime. A lot of the people in the Peaky Blinders end up in prison, but they were not as badass and glamorous as the ones that you saw on TV. I feel like give that a listen, and then what Lawrence talked about in comparison to what the show shows you, you know, 
Um, cause as with uh, quite a lot of things, you know, sometimes as uh, like maybe the Peaky Binder show had stuff in there or put stuff in there that wasn't actual true, but people would just think that's what actually happened. So I would give that a listen. So, you know, the actual, actual story of the, uh, notorious Birmingham gang. Yes. You know, the episode after that kind of sticks with the gang theme. Uh, yeah, the the Cray Twins. Cray Twins is an in... Well, they're all fucking... I'll keep saying it. It's an interesting one. The Cray Twins are, again, a popular topic in pop culture. There's been movies about the Cray Twins. They were praised a lot. People have been in prison and met the Cray Twins. Or one of the Crays. I think in that episode, I kind of basically say that they're not that the people praise them but they shouldn't because yeah i don't know why you'd want to praise the cray twins people do the whole they praise them because oh they took care of some people they kind of kept things in control that whole thing but i'm pretty sure one of the crays also had like a sex trafficking ring so don't raise the Cray twins. They're both dead. Uh, I want to point that out. They're both dead. But yeah, yeah. Those the Cray twins is an interesting one. There's a there's a movie on the Cray twins. The, is this, is this the nineties film? No, there's one that has um. Because the nineties one has Tom... Gary Kemp and Martin Kemp from Spando Ballet in it, of all people. No, the other one is Legends, and that's got. Uh, uh, Legend. Tom oh, Hardy. is that the recent? The t- it's, got, uh, it's got Tom Hardy in it. That one. Yeah. Okay. I just remember there was a '90s biopic that had uh, Spando Ballas, Gary, and Martin Kemp, and I was like, "Why the fuck are they in that of all things?" But yeah. Javier, speaking of like Tom Hardy, it takes us on to the next episode after that, which was Charles Bronson. Ah. Charles. Now, the thing with Charles Bronson he's a, it's, is he's a he's a very particular character. Everyone um, who uh, likes Sega, like me, will know that he keeps getting the comparison to having the similar looks to Doctor Eggman. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he, with the mustache and the glasses, he really but. Does. Charles Bronson, people have said, is Britain's worst. He's never right. This is the Britain's worst, Britain's worst prisoner, and I'm like, no, he's not. That's what I'm saying. I see, everywhere I see, they just say that he is the worst. Thing, and Ch- I don't know. Charles Bronson is one of those people that got put in prison for robbery and for violence. Uh, just like fights and stuff. He got in prison for that and he kept acting up in prison so they kept him in there for longer. He'd get out, do a robbery, he'd end up back in and he'd kick off a bit more in prison. Now because he had anger issues, they were like, oh, put him in Broadmoor. He shouldn't have fucking gone there from the beginning. He never should have gone there because Broadmoor made him fucking worse. Because he got put in Broadmoor for anger issues and he... I think he even said, he said himself, I was sat in there 
looking at people who are trying to bite the skin off their own hand and I'm thinking why the fuck am I here I'm not like this and I'm like yeah like realistically based on what the crimes he's committed he did not need to be in Broadmoor at all there were different ways that he could have been rehabilitated long a very very long time ago and it possibly would have worked because he's never killed anyone yeah that's why when people say like he's never oh. he's never killed anyone he's got anger issues he's had like protests on, on prison roofs before like a pre- he's been out in front of downing street hasn't he Probably. i swear that he, he he got released and he's done some he's not there's four is he, is he, is he out now Nah, because I swear there was photos of him outside down the street with his wife, with his wife he had or someone. No, right, yeah. So that uh, he's not married anymore. I'm pretty sure he is still in prison. Um, yeah, there's a photo of him. Is that that's definitely him outside down down the street? Uh, which one are you looking at? Well, uh, no, no, Charles... no, he's he's still he's remaining in prison. There was a parole hearing back in March. He stayed in prison. Oh, but, Charles, okay. but yeah, he committed some. He committed robbery, and then he confessed to it. I think he handled handing himself in. He went to prison. They put him in Broadmoor. He got put into a normal prison again because he begged them to put him back into a normal prison. So they did. They put him in solitary confinement. There was a few instances where he he held a prison guard hostage in his cell. Now, when I say he held him hostage, I think he hit him. He hit him, but then apparently he felt bad about it. So he demanded that the the uh, prison guard beat him up. He's like, oh, I feel bad about hitting you. Just beat me up. So, uh, just beat me up. Do what, do what you want. It's fine. But the prison guard was like, no, I'm not doing that. He's like, no, no, it's fine. Like, that's a pretty much the extent of what he's done. And he's just been kept in prison due to like his violent behaviours inside. But I feel like he's one of those people in my opinion, that was let down by the system because there are many ways where they could have like helped him with his anger issues and then they just handled it in the worst way possible. Yeah. Like I think there's one bit where they he had he used to go to art classes, he used to do a lot of artwork and he loved it. And they took it away from him. No reason whatsoever. And he kicked off because he was like, what the fuck, why? And he wouldn't get an answer. So he carried on kicking off. There were so many situations and they just treated him like he was this wild animal. And I'm pretty sure so one so I think he was in he was he's been in strange ways. He he caused a massive protest in strange ways, which caused like two grand worth of damage because he kicked off a bunch of the tiles off the roof. And there's a picture of him on top of Strange Ways roof with his arms up or something. It's quite funny. Um He's done a few protests in quite a few prisons. He was in Wakefield for a while in solitary confinement. 
Now, this was kind of funny. It sounds bad that I'm saying it's kind of funny. It was funny because he was put next to, we'll go into him probably, Robert Maltzley. Remember the guy that we did a case on who kills like, yes. pedophiles? Yeah. And he's in solitary confinement in Wakefield. He was, their cells were next to each other. And they had a TV right in the middle of the two cells, like in the corridor in the middle, so they could both watch TV. Apparently, Bronson is a big Emmerdale fan, but Maudsley is a Coronation Street fan, and they could not agree with each other. Despite Emmerdale and Coronation Street being on the exact same... I think one... No, it might have been EastEnders and Emmerdale, which are on two different... Which are on the, at the exact same time, but on two different programmes. So they used to bicker and argue with each other all the time. But Charles Bronson looked at Maudsley, found out the reason why he was in prison, was like, nah, nah, I can get behind you on it, because you killed pedos. Like, yeah, fair enough. And he kind of sent him a letter saying, I think me and you should team up. We're going to be here in here for a long time, most likely the rest of our lives. I think me and you should just team up together, like, and whatever. And Maudsley kind of stick keeps himself to himself. He doesn't really want to interact with people. And uh, he sent him a letter back saying... Nah, I'm alright, thanks. And Bronson doesn't handle like that kind of, didn't handle that well. Because he's like, what the fuck? Why? And sent him a message. A letter, another letter that said, uh, fuck you, I will kill you the next time I see you. I'll squish your head. I will do this. this. Bear in mind, I want to point out, Bronson's never killed anyone. And, um, Maudsley replied back with, you've never killed anyone, you soft fuck. And when you see the comparison on, like, stature and height, everything between the two of them, that's fucking hilarious. I'm pretty sure Maudsley stole his, um, uh, sunglasses once, just to try and annoy him. Well, Charles is still alive. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. He's in prison. He's had a couple wives. Uh... Two of which were mostly women. Like one of his wives was when, was when from when he was a bit younger before he went into prison. Uh, his other two wives were women that have messaged him through the prison system. So he got married to them in prison. Uh, one of them was a Coronation Street star, and he divorced her after like pictures of her getting uh, motorboated by a random guy in Ibiza got put in newspapers, which is fair enough. Uh, fair enough. That divorce. She's See, she she's dead though. Oh. She died in like 2019. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, right? When people say he is one of the worst, I can list off a fair mixed. few. I can I can list off quite a few British prisoners that are fucking worse than him. And when I think people just say uh, worse in general for British people, but then. The episode after Charles Bronson you know completely what? throws that out the water. I think she's the fucking worst. This one... She's the worst I'm, in my head. I'm kind of glad, to be fair, that I wasn't a part of this episode because just even hearing about this is enough to make... I or even just it. saying I the name. It. I hated it. And I think, I think even from that, people know. I hated but you, it. But you covered it. I hated it. I hated it. I hate this case. I hate it with every living passion. It's Fred and I, I don't, don't want to... What? Sorry. It's Fred and Rose West, and I fucking hate that case. I hate. I hate it. It is. 
out of every true crime case that one i fucking despise probably the most other than the james bulger one which we have never covered and i never will but no it's up there with cases that i fucking hate because when i was researching it there was a there was a reporter that released a podcast and it's audio footage from when from when this all happened when they were arrested and he was going around trying to get like interviews from people uh even years later it's just audio footage from all that which i found really fascinating and he talks to rose's mum and all this kind of stuff he talks to rose's mum right after rose gets arrested and it's very interesting and really fascinating to listen to because this poor poor fucking old lady is just coming to terms with it the fact that her daughter's done this but there's also an actual interview you can probably find it on youtube because i'm pretty sure that's where i found it with uh i think i think with uh fred's one of fred's daughters one of his eldest daughters she survived because she got out of the house she moved out but she was a massive victim of sexual assault when she was a kid and due to the hands of both fred and rose and various other people that rose would bring in into the house but she i I watched the interview with her as an adult she's an adult obviously and hearing her talk about it was just fucking horrendous Especially because the the reporter interviews Fred Rose's son as well, and they both have said like there there would be comments all the time, just little like like little threats. I think one of them that used to come up all the time because. Uh, their daughter Heather wanted to get out, so she was she had like a job interview or something to go work. I think it was like a Butlins that was towns and towns away to be really far away from them. She had an interview, she was gonna go, she got the job, and then the job fell through, so she couldn't go. She had to stay, and then they killed her. And and they just told the kids, oh no, she's she got the job, the job came back on, she's gone to go work there. That's what they told the kids, but they told other people, like people at schools, oh no, she 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 ran away, she she she's a fake like lesbian and she ran away to go be with this woman or something, like just to basically picked a very sensitive topic that no one would kind of question and would just be like, oh right, just because they would be uncomfortable in asking. Basically, that's why they picked it. And if any of the kids misbehaved, Fred would just be like, if you don't stop misbehaving, you're going to go under the floorboards of Heather. And a lot of the kids would be like, what? Like, you said Heather's gone to Butler. What do you mean under the floorboards? And they'd be like... And then hours later or a few days later they pretend to be on the phone to heather to make it look like oh no no no, we were just joking 
Like, it's just to make you behave. Well, I'm on the phone to her now. She's got to go now, so she can't talk to you. She said bye, though. But they'd taken, like, lodgers. They had a really big house, so they'd taken lodgers in the house. And... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. The reporter interviews one of the <coughs> former lodgers who used to live there and eventually moved out. She said Rose was very creepy and weird. Like, Rose would quite often sit around naked and it'd be really, really, really uncomfortable. The kids would be there as well. And there would be times where Heather would go and... Heather and Anne-Marie would go up and see them, go up and see her and just sit with her because they were safe with this lodger. And the lodger eventually moved out. But she was like... There was... It was... You knew what Rose was getting up to in terms of, like, sex work. You knew what she was doing. You knew that Fred didn't care. You knew something was going on, but you kind of just didn't question it because you kind of didn't want to. Like, oh, yeah, there'd be a few nannies and babysitters come in. We won't ever see the nannies or babysitters ever again. All this, like, list of shit. And it was so... horrible to hear it. And they would, and the thing is, these this lodger would like praise Fred in a way. Cause she'd be like, when it all came out, I was so shocked. He was so nice to us. He'd give us breaks off our rent sometimes. Like, never could think that he would do this. And it's just like, what the fuck? It's a very, very, very weird case. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's it's insanely fucked up. Um, they're both dead, thank God. Uh, and it's one of the cases no, where no, no, the actual... No, 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 Rose is still alive. Oh, is she? I thought she died. No, Rose is still in prison. She's still alive. Fred died. They were, oh, they were sorry. They were arrested. They were going to go to trial, obviously. But Fred killed himself before the trial. He killed himself in custody before the trial rose was still alive and there was a very big chance that she was going to get away with it because they thought it was just all fred so they thought that so a lot of people a lot of the detectives were really really worried that rose was going to get away with it be let out i think it was like Anne marie that their uh, fred's daughter that was just like because Anne marie is fred's daughter from a previous relationship and it, that situation... So Fred had also killed Amory's mum. Let's point that out. And... I think Amory said... Like, in court... My mum was meant to come and get me. Because the mum and Fred had split up. My mum had moved back home. I think it was to Glasgow. And... She was... She had escaped from the abusive home and she was going to come back to get Anne-Marie with her boyfriend. She came down to go get Anne-Marie. And because Anne-Marie was living with Fred and Fred's girlfriend at the time. And then her mum was just never found. 
and she was just like my mum just did not come for me and that's not like her I know they did something I know they both did something and then I think I think it was the kids that survived coming forward that helped get Rose put in prison and th- that's when they found out that Rose was massively responsible for a lot of the stuff that happened so no yeah sorry I thought she'd uh, passed away in prison unfortunately not I hope she fucking does let me just double but, uh, I'll double check uh, because I no yeah she's still alive she's 17, oh, she's 17. I was just going to say that it's one of the uh, the cases where they had to destroy the place where this stuff uh, took place yeah in the UK uh, in, the, the... in the UK that's not really a thing that happens a lot of the time you notice like they've still got Dennis Nielsen's flat's still there mhm um, yeah, Dennis Nielsen flat's, flat's still there. Uh, Peter Sutcliffe's house is still there. He didn't do any of the murders in the house, but that's still there because his ex-wife, yeah. his, his ex-wife still lives in that house, apparently. Um, the only houses I can actually think of that's been taken down was Ian Brady and Myra Hindley's house and Fred and Rose's Fred and Rose West's house. But yeah, they completely demolished it. Apparently, it was one of those things as well, where because obviously there was so many bodies that were underneath the floorboards in the house and in the back garden. People, the crime scene was obviously all over the fucking place in the house. People were charging reporters and photographers and uh, money to go and get shots outside their bedroom windows of what was going on. And a lot of it, and one thing that was really tarnishing the case when it came to it, so everyone knows if you're going to testify, and one of the old babysitters who had escaped was going to testify, was going to testify in court, and she'd spoken to the press, which you can't do during an ongoing investigation, because it can make it not count in court. It can really fuck it up. And she went to the press. And it was caused, and that's why they were really, really scared that this could really fuck it up. Yeah, Rose West is unfortunately still alive. Apparently, she uh, was best mates with Myra Hindley as well. Well, the next, uh, you did a lot of messed up people oh, yeah. in the beginning because the next one you did was Richard Ramirez. Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Yes, indeed. I think he's one of the people. His his, his image. Is just as infamous yes. in himself because he's got the long uh, parted hair, or quite quite goes down the back, black hair. Yeah, Richard Ramirez is one of those where you look at the childhood and you thought, and you just know there was no saving him. There was no, no that that kid was fucked. And he's one of those where it's like the the childhood was just like it was a normal childhood, and then he met his cousin. And the cousin fucked it up. The cousin yeah. did the damage. Because the cousin had been away fighting in Vietnam. He came back and he openly showed Richard all of these innocent people that he'd murdered and all the pictures that he'd taken of it and the brutal ways they did it. He told him how he did it. And then he was showing him how to kill animals, he was showing him detailed ways to do it, he was showing him exactly what to do and then he, his cousin, shot his wife in front of Richard when he was a kid 
And Richard just didn't really react to it. He didn't care because his brain had been so tarnished from a very young age by the pictures that he'd seen. He was fucked after that. After that, it was that was it. it. There was no saving him. And then he went on to do... He went on to be the Night Stalker, where... Yeah, he's one of those killers, killers that has a, a nickname that I guess people know that nickname yeah. just as it's... synonymous with his actual name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was... He is on that list of celebrities where they... Sorry, celebrities. I said celebrities because I was thinking I was about to say LA. Um... He's on that list of serial killers that went around California and LA in the 80s. Because, like, I think we've said it many, many times. Whenever we've covered a serial killer case that was in the 80s in California, we we're like, California was riddled with them in, in the 80s. Like, it was riddled with serial killers. There were so many in, in a very. Yeah. In 10 I years. Think it gets a reputation for. In 10 years, there were so many of them in a short span of time in that one state. There were so many of them, and he was one of them. The way he got caught, I find, I think I've, I've said it before, I find it really funny. But I remember during the during the investigation, they closing in on him. Like, really closing in because they'd gotten his... He, he had a... You had, like, a... Like very very large feet apparently to the point where he was getting shoes like specially made and there was one pair of shoes that he had that only one person had ever purchased that shoe size and it was clearly him because they'd found the footprints on like the crime scenes all this kind of stuff and this investigator I think it was I think it was an investigator fucked it up because she broadcasted it to the media what shoes he was wearing what shoe size it was what it, what colors they possibly were and what they what it actually looked like because they'd gone to the man, man they got to the shop that sells those shoes have you had to have you had anyone buy this size for yes one person they were in this color they looked like this okay great do you have it on record who bought it because they because they're like oh well if they played with like a credit card or a debit card it would show up on like transcripts and the guy behind the counter was just like oh no he paid in cash which fucked that up so they this fucking investigator decided to broadcast it to the world and the issue is because she did that he saw it because he was monitoring his own investigation obviously he saw that they'd found that out he got rid of the shoes he dumped them in the river he got rid of them so that's part of that fucking gone. It's like, oh, they're closing in on me. Let me just change my fucking shoes. If she never would have broadcasted that and would have kept it private, they might have got him a bit sooner because he never would have gotten rid of the key piece of evidence that they had on him. But his capture, I find funny. Because he'd gone to go visit his cousin or his brother back home. And he'd come, and while he was away, they'd found they found out who he who he was, because they'd found out who he's been buying stuff off, like illegal, or he's been selling, because obviously he'd been going into these houses, he'd be killing people in the houses in horrific ways, but he'd also be stealing stuff at the same time, and he found and the police were like, he's clearly selling them somewhere to get money for drugs, because he was on a lot of drugs, 
he they go they went they found the person that has been selling this stolen stuff and they found his daughter and the daughter was like yeah yeah i'll help you out this like teenager and she brought the police officers to her dad and the dad was like well fuck if you done why you brought the police to me what are you doing and the police were like we will not arrest you for selling stolen goods if you fucking help us because we are desperate right now and he was like okay yeah fine no worries and they were like we are trying to find this guy he will look like this most likely he because they already had like the drawings the effects the effects so they showed him and he was like oh richard yeah that's richard okay do you know his full name yeah his name's like richie richard ramirez something like that so they knew who he was, they got it, they found his picture, they were like, we've got him now. So by the time he gets back to California, his face plastered all over the fucking news. He's on newspapers, he's on wanted posters, he's fucking everywhere. He's the number one guy everyone's trying to find. They figured he's trying to get back into California because they figured he's possibly left the state. So they're waiting for him to get back. They know when he's possibly coming back. They have surrounded the eggs, the exit slash entrance of the bus station that he'll be coming in at he gets off the bus sees all the fucking police there shits himself it's like ah oh, fuck can't go that way so he goes out the back way from where all the coaches come in goes into a convenience shop goes in and notices he's on the fucking newspapers and he's on the tv he's like oh shit they found me i need to get out of here now Bunch of women notice him, start screaming El Matador, El Matador, which means the killer in Spanish, start screaming it. He apparently felt really sad because he was like, oh, my my, my, own, communi- my own community has turned against me. You've killed like a bunch of fucking people, man. Shut the fuck up. And people start chasing him down, obviously. He has like a whole mob chasing him down. Someone even beats him with a bat. Just beats the shit out of him. That person then got a key to the city for doing that. Which is brilliant. He has a full like mob chase down before he gets arrested. But one thing that's fucked up though. He's in the back of the police car. They're driving him to the fucking station. This car goes past him on the freeway bunch of girls with the fucking tops out tops up flashing him as the giant past police officers are thinking oh yeah they're flashing us because we caught the night stalker away no they're not flashing the police officers they're flashing richard ramirez which is so fucking weird yeah bit weird to be flashing him of all people but he ain't alive anymore no, he is not. He got he got given the death sentence. He was going to get the gas chamber, but he died of cancer instead. I think was, yes. <coughs> he had a lot of complications due to his drug use as well. Yeah, I mean, well, they're, always like, a... they're always like, he's attractive. He's fucking not. He's manky as shit. Well, uh, the next, well, the episode after that is a very interesting one, I find, is the Golden State Killer. It's your first one. Um, uh, yes, because that was the episode I first featured in. Um, I rarely said much, probably, in that 
episode. But um, yeah, I, the Golden State Killer I find always interesting because of how long it took for them to actually figure out who it was. Yeah, it was still kind of on the invest. I think the trial hadn't even finished yet by the time we covered it. No, um, they've they've caught the person. Yes. But it t- it took a very long time, and it was because of. It was because of a DNA match, because his, yes. his daughter had done one of the like ancestry DNA things, something like that. It was she was trying to do a DNA match, and her DNA linked to the D- part of his DNA that was found at the crime scene, or the crime scenes, and it matched. But obviously, when the crimes were happening, she was a baby, she was a kid, so it obviously wasn't her. So they were like, well, we've got to go for the next best thing, because she's got a partial match. And then it ended up, yeah. being, it ended up being him, and that's how they, find, that's how they found advances it. In, advances in DNA and technology and stuff. Which I think is absolutely amazing, the fact that they managed to find him based on that. Because if not, more than likely he would have died, and we wouldn't have known it was him. Because it was like 40 years. Like 40. That's a long time. And the thing is, what? The, the Golden State Killer, he, he was, he's had so many nicknames. He was the... Uh, Didn't they call him the Night Stalker as well? He was the original Night Stalker, yeah. He was the original Night Stalker. He was the East Area Rapist as well. Uh, the, Vasalia, the Vasalia Ransacker. Because originally he started off just breaking into homes and robbing things in the homes. That's how he started. And then he went on to be an East Area Rapist. And then he took it next level and started killing people and then became the original Night Stalker. Then they changed it to the Golden State Killer because he was not just hitting one area. He was just hitting on most of California. So they're like, we've just got to call it the Golden State Killer because it's the only thing that's fucking fitting now. He just did so much, and like he blamed his ex-girlfriend when he was doing it all. Like a lot of um, survivors said that he was just cursing out his ex when he was doing this, and she's and like, she's like, "Dude, I just broke off an engagement that you forced me into. The fuck?" <laughs> and people blame and people blame her. Sorry. Yeah, I I I I just think it's totally nuts that um. You know, he's still alive. Yeah. It's 78. And for the longest time, he probably thought for that 40 odd years, he thought, that's it. I've gotten away. They will never know it was me. And then near the end of his life, we've just been like, damn, got you, got you now. You thought you could escape. Yeah. And we've nabbed him at the last ish possible time that we really could because he's old you know the thought of death around the corner at some point so yeah and that was my first ever episode I didn't say much but that was February 2022 yeah wow one thing that baffled one thing that's so creepy as well because I um I listened to quite a few podcasts in preparation for it because I think this was around the time where I, I was the only one doing the research I think because eventually we did make it where it was both of us. 
And I remember doing, I did the re- when I was doing the research for it, I was listening to quite a few podcasts, and this one podcast gave it. I is rare where I have to pause because I'm so creeped out and so scared. But there was one podcast where I was listening about this case, and I had to stop because I was so scared. And they had played the audio. Um of one of because one thing that he did was that he would stalk the victims before and after uh he'd attack them so when he was the hysteria rapist he would call them again years and years later just to taunt them that he was coming back he would keep you'd find where they are and he would ring them just to taunt them and scare them so there's one victim where he did it, I think it was like 10 years later, he rang her up and she recorded the conversation, but she answered the phone it was just breathing. It's just, like, you can hear it, it's just breathing down the phone, which is really, really creepy. And then she is just like, I know it's you, I know it's you. And she just, just let him know she knows that it's him. He's not gonna get her. And he's just, he, and he just starts really, really creepily whispering the word "bitch" to her, and it's terrifying. And then he just hangs up the phone. I think he says, "I'm coming to get you," and he hangs up the phone. And he whispers it though, and it's really, really creepy. It's honestly t- a terror, terrifying. But he'd do that, he'd ring up his victims that he didn't kill and would taunt them. And he was doing this in like the early 2000s. I think it's like 10 years before he got caught, he was still ringing them and taunting them. So he's like an old man, but he's like going back and, re- and just reliving it by torturing them in that way. Yeah, and... Uh, it's weird that I've just realised that the next episode was our first two parts. Yes. It was episode 13, so my uh, my um, second episode was a two-part of um, a case, which uh, was, was quite long. But um, it was on... And I never heard about this person for my second case. Um, which was uh, interesting. But it was An- Andre Chikatilo... We've mentioned him. We've mentioned him quite a lot of times. Yeah. In other cases. Because people have tried to cap, uh, outdo his number, haven't they? Tried to yeah, that's the one thing uh, from this we've realised that people have tried to outdo the number. Uh, for my second case, it was like, oh my, when uh, yeah. you know you explained how many people. Yeah. And then this was the thing of as well, not just how many people, but obviously. We've done people from cases from all over the world, so you know you'd uh, especially when I uh, started the first one was like U.S. and you'd done U.K. ones and you'd obviously done um, other ones. You did the uh, Monster of Florence, which is Italy, mm-hmm. but like this one was one of the ones where it's like other countries like Russia, and we've expanded to others. But it just shows that. You know, no matter what country you come from, there is people who have the most fucked up minds. And he's one of the examples where, in terms of people from the east of Europe, th- their brains work totally different. Yeah. And he's one of those examples where it's like, when I think of fucked up, 
in terms of Eastern Europeans, he might be the the number one. Yeah, because he added in uh, something from an old wives' tale uh, into his killings. Because he, uh, in my head, when I think stereotypical serial killer, he kind of looks like one. Like he just looks batshit fucking crazy, and he would remove the eyes of his victims. And dance glasses. Dance. Yeah, yeah. Like he would Andy has a nickname, right? Uh the Butcher of Rostov. Stop giving him these nicknames, you know. Just stop. Just stop. Uh yeah, the Butcher of Rostov. He um he would remove the uh the eyes of his victims Ooh. because it was an old wives' tale that if you murdered someone and they looked at you, which they often do, when you murdered them, the image of the killer would be captured in the eyes. So he would uh, yeah. remove mm-hmm. the eyes to make it less likely to get caught. And he killed, was it 50? Fifty-four, five, six, somewhere around about that, I think. He's over fifty, yeah. Which is just a nuts number. Uh, and you know, for my second episode, for it to be like, yeah, we're we're covering someone who's just killed over like fifty people. Holy shit! <coughs> he's another one that's dead. Um, he's another one that's dead. He died. He died. Uh, he was executed. He got given the death sentence. He died at fifty-seven, and he died by shooting. Um. Oh damn. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was shooting. He got shot. So you were right about um his how many kills. So it was like fifty two. He was convicted for. Okay. He tried to kill fifty three, but he was claimed to have fifty six plus. Fuck me. But that that I uh, from what I'm remembering of that case, it's well worth going back and listening to that one, yes. especially for our first two parter one. Um, yeah. I don't know if I said much in that one either. No, I think, um, I think you did. I think that was like one of the times where you were like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was just in shock because my knowledge of true crime has expanded since we've uh, covered all these cases. But this is one of the, the early stages where I was learning about people I didn't know about and realizing, oh, fuck, there's these other fucked up people I hadn't even heard of. And it was like, you know, no, for someone to have killed that many people uh, and I hadn't known about them, I was like, damn, you know, my... Uh, there's, there's many fucked up people out there that I don't know about. But I feel like the next episode we did, I had some stuff to say. Because this one, I kind of didn't know everything about, but it jogged kind of memory of just like seeing this stuff before and being like, oh. Yeah. And this was totally up your street, yes. this one. And it was a different, it was a different realm. It, um, it's, still, from... it's still, it's a case, <coughs> sorry, it's a case that's still a touchy subject. Within wrestling bands. Yeah, because I feel like with this one, <coughs> if anyone was listening and they thought, okay, we're going through um, true crime, we're going through serial killers, it's at that point where, if you think about it, right, it's not just in the realm of just a normal human that goes and kills. Um, some people who do other professions or in other realms, true crime can be found. Yeah. So this was the case of Chris Benoit. And uh, any wrestling fans will remember this. It's 
he gets referenced a quick in dark humor a lot which is really bad um he still gets brought up to this day he's been brought up quite a fair bit in the past year you know um because i was watching uh a wwe pay-per-view last year it was clash at the castle i was watching it live because it was in wales I was watching it on TV and this and the camera is just going, you know, it's panning through the crowd and this guy who's there with his daughter has a t-shirt on that said, better dad than Chris Benoit. Oh, that joke's been made, yeah. But he was wearing a shirt and because the the camera crew are just panning the audience, he just shows the shirt and everyone was like, oh jesus and that guy it went it was all over fucking tiktok i remember the footage of that it was all over tiktok the guy follows me on fucking tiktok you know that guy fucking follows me see the thing with this one is because of obviously it's to do if nobody knows chris benoit was a wrestler a very 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 famous wrestler yeah. so that's where this becomes a kind of oof subject because of and like with other ones we are talked about later and um, you'll know that when someone or some someone's part of this thing, they became famous within this thing, and then it all goes sour, turns evil. Yeah. That's when it's like, oof, because it wasn't just a straight, this person just started killing, and before that they weren't even known at all. Yeah. This man was in the spotlight for everything. And as we explained in the episode, it's a case of where when this stuff happens... Obviously, we have all this footage and everything to look back on, or it's not shown because trying to hide as much of this as you can, his... which is what Sorry. they did by editing footage and everything, it is also one of those things where it's like, back in the day, seeing him on the telly, that's fine. Trying to find footage of that stuff now, well, unless it's not really archived, you can't find it on the stuff where you think you'd find it, etc., etc. And obviously it's kind of in bad taste to mention it and if you're more of a fan of wrestling like lauren is i feel like all the wrestling fans when you mention that to a bunch of wrestling fans that's when it's like that oh yeah because i think i mentioned it to someone at work my uh, friend at work who's into wrestling and i mentioned it and then as soon as he mentioned it, it was like oh mm, yeah mm, yeah and it was that reaction of just like oh yeah that kind of happened. Yeah, you kind of just go, oh, yeah, her. Like, hmm, kind of situation. It's one of those. Because um, he was on the top of his game when this happened. He was he was best friends with Eddie Guerrero. He had, he had like, rivalries with him. And everyone knows who fucking Eddie Guerrero is. He was a fucking legend. And when he passed away, this is when the downfall of Chris Benoit happened. Chris Benoit is the reason why a wrestling, a few wrestling moves are banned. He yeah, the they can't do chair headshots. They can do chair head. They can do. Uh, they can do head shots with the chair to the head. They can do those. However, it is done differently now and it is monitored very fucking well. I yeah, because I are... thought they changed it because they believed it was causing brain damage, which might have led. So he had a lot of concussions, like a lot of them, to the point that when his brain was later examined after he had passed away, because he. If people don't know, it was a murder-suicide situation. And when his brain was examined, he had so much brain damage. He was practically just gone. He had that he had, had that many concussions. Now, the reason for his concussions wasn't necessarily due to the chair shots to the head. 
because they still can get done they're just done a lot better now they are a lot better monitored there's a lot there's a lot of serious aftercare when it comes to concussions now within wrestling they have to take a lot of time off and be fully medically cleared to wrestle again but the concussions are taken very very seriously now within wrestling and concussions are very common in wrestling my ex uh trains in wrestling and he has had a couple which he made we we're good friends now want to point out we are we get along and i remember we were at a gig i was at our gig with my friend and he was there and we're all just kind of talking and ironically he had gone oh yeah um i'm not crowd surfing tonight and i was like oh why i looked at him and went you've got another fucking concussion from wrestling haven't you and he went yeah my have i was like you fucking idiot because the last time we'd gone to a gig together he'd had a concussion the last time i was like yeah don't fucking crowd surf like last time like you did last time they're very, very, very common. You just gotta take them. They take them way more seriously now. But Chris Benoit had a finisher that was called the diving headbutt, where he'd go on the top rope, on the top turnbuckle, and he'd dive head first onto his opponent. That was his finisher. That was the cause for a lot of his concussions. But he didn't give himself enough rest time in between these. They would happen way too often. That's the reason why his brain was so fucked. Um, when he was when he was examined, it is definitely not the excuse for him doing what he did. According to a lot of people, he was very paranoid during the last few weeks slash months of his of his life before he did what he did. No one will ever know why why it happened. No one will know, which is really sad. He has come into topic a lot more recently because he had a he had, he had killed his wife and son. But he had another son from a previous marriage called um, David Benoit. David, you see him a quite a fair bit at AEW tapings because uh, a lot of people who are on the AEW roster uh, knew Chris. So they kind of take care of David. David's an adult and everything, but they kind of like take care of him, make sure he's okay. They're kind of doing the whole like, your dad did that, but that's not you kind of thing, which is very good of them. And David's a very big wrestling fan. Issue is, so he has been at a fair few AW tapings. He's been like literally uh, at the barrier next to the ring. And when he's been caught on camera, you you do a double take. A lot of people have done the whole, like, I thought I'd seen a fucking ghost because he is a spitting image of him. Issue is, David wants to get into wrestling, which is fine. He wants to adopt his dad's his dad's name for his ring name. He also wants to use his dad's ring so- uh, entrance music, and he also wants to use his dad's ring gear. Don't do that. Because you he looks so much like him. The second that music hits and he walks out in that ring gear, everyone's going to have a moment where they're like, ah, shit. Like, like you said, there's no matches with Chris Benoit in it anymore on the WWE Network. If there is, that it's like an Eddie Guerrero match and it's a tag match. They just have edited it. So whenever Chris Benoit is like the centre focus, they cut it out. You might see him at the ringside, but that's, that's close you get in. 
Like he has been yeah. scrapped. I remember once I watched this, this dive bar that I tend to go in quite a fair bit. And they have like TV screens in there and they play like bits. They have like Netflix on sometimes, just they like, have it muted. But they have Netflix playing or they'll have The Simpsons on or they'll have WWE on sometimes. It'll be like old matches. We walked in once and we just looked at the TV and went, oh Jesus, that's a Chris Benoit match. And we were like, who is that? We don't know who that is. Ah, Jesus, oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah, but I mean, if anyone's not into wrestling, it's a very interesting one to learn about. Um, It changed WWE for a very long time. Yeah. He almost destroyed the industry that he loved. He almost killed, he almost destroyed the industry. Yeah, so if you're not into wrestling or you know a little about it, it's uh, a uh, a nice, like, kind of insider into another realm of wrestling which you probably didn't even know that that happened no do you want, so... do you want a fun fact really weird fun fact <laughs> okay so, fun fact before we yeah before we go on to the next one jacob my boyfriend used to be into wrestling when he was a kid like how most people were and he went to a wwe raw taping that happened in manchester oh did he yeah, he went to it. He met my one of my favourite wrestlers, Edge, there. He loves to rub it in my face many times. He loves to rub it in my face. With that fact, fuck you for that. Uh, the tag match of that night had Chris Benoit in it. So the last live in-person wrestling event that Jacob went to was when Chris Benoit was wrestling. And he, oh. and he watched a Chris Benoit match. Which is very... Damn. I think I said that to one of my friends. I was like, oh yeah, you'll get along with Jacob. He used to really love wrestling. Ironically, the last wrestling uh, uh, match that he went to go watch live uh, was a Chris Benoit one. Take with that what you will. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, the, uh... the episode after that was interesting. Yeah, the the Cannon Barbie Killers. Yeah, that's a weird nickname. Uh, this one is really controversial because he's still in prison. She got let out. They killed. Oh yeah, she Amber. did. They let her out. Like they both equally committed the crimes together. He had more of an involvement, but because she had done the ho- they um. They gave her a plea deal. Do you remember? They gave her a plea deal where it's like, if you testify against him and you tell us everything, we won't give you as harsh of a sentence. Ah, yeah, I remember that. And they'd done the plea deal before they'd found out she had a massive involvement in it. So their plea deal's already set. They couldn't back out of it by the time it'd come out that she had done all this stuff as well. Which is really fucked up because she got because th- she eventually got let out. Like they, they killed her sister, didn't they? They killed her sister. Uh, yeah, they did. That was their first kill. They had. She they, they had planned. She had planned to let him, take her fifteen-year-old sister's virginity or something. And they had planned it out where they would be... But everyone else was in bed. They were Everyone else in the house was in bed. It was around Christmas time. They were in bed. 
they spiked the egg, the eggnog that she was drinking and they killed her and what's really fucked up is her mum forgave her for that when they got arrested they killed a bunch of other teenagers as well in the same kind of style they they were very um, Ian Brady and Myra Hindley with the way they did it do you remember of how they got yeah. the victims very Ian Brady and Myra Hindley where they were like oh if you lure them in they'll get in the car because they'll trust a woman but they won't trust a guy it's a very like oh, can you help me find this thing kind of tactic they went full Ian Brady and Myra Hindley with it yeah that that was an interesting one but the next one I I, that, I remember this the next episode we did was quite a shocking one because I was like what I remember you uh, Google, someone that old I remember you Google mapping the house yeah this one's interesting because if you google maps the house this is where because i was trying to look to see uh what stuff was like now and how if because we mentioned before and buildings get destroyed or they just don't allow anyone there and throughout the years there was many decorative like storm there was like um figures like stormtroopers and other stuff out there as if the house was being used as some you know like tourist attraction or um, yeah. i don't know why it was out of bad taste there was superman at one point and i'm like why are all these figurines outside this fucked up person's house as if they were cashing off yeah that in a weird way i think you'd notice that on certain years it was blurred out like the the house was blurred but then you went on other years on google maps I and it was back in focus so. and it was very very weird did dorothy appointe she had housed elderly people in her house she was kind of using it as a residence and she was cashing she was killing old people and she was cashing in on their life insurance and she's cashing in their no it wasn't a life insurance she was cashing in on their benefits on their pension because she was making it look like they were still alive and she was getting the payments from the families for keeping their their elderly uh, family members there she was cashing in on it and keeping the money and she was doing it for a fucking long time as well it's because she looks like a very like old lady do you know what when I look at pictures of her she don't look fucking sweet she looks creepy as shit she's got those massive fucking glasses and she looks terrifying like she's one of those old ladies you would not trust her she doesn't look like a sweet innocent old lady she looks like a bitch Yeah, no, the Superman, the Superman's still hanging outside the house, and they're like a fake miniature Ew. of of her. Oh no! See on this one, yeah, the door is blurred, but yeah. another one's. Um... And we were like, "Why is the door blurred on certain years? It's so weird." Yeah, it's weird how they've kind of, and then they blurred the kind of fake doll they had of her. There's a stormtrooper, yeah. But I was just in shock that uh, someone who... Have you just showed an image, right, of Dorothea Puentes? Puente. Puente, sorry, not Puentes. Puente to someone. And went, oh, look at this image. And then they go, oh, granny. You wouldn't think no. a fucked up serial killer. Are you, Would you, you know? You'd think she's a bitch, but you wouldn't think... Oh, oh it is a tourist attraction in the house. Yeah, you, you think she's... That's she, why. You'd think she's a bitch, but you wouldn't think, oh, she's killed people. You'd just think, oh, she's a pain in the ass that loves to make people's life a misery in the shops. 
Oh, like she's just a not. She's not Either a nice you person. you youngsters, what you doing? She's a causing a menace to society. You, you youngsters, you wee rascals. You think she's a pain in the ass? You wouldn't think that she was killing and poisoning people and getting people to bury them in a back garden, which is what she was fucking doing. Yeah. And making up elaborate and... like lies that oh no, they, they no your family members not dead. They've just gone <laughs> traveling for a brief period, and then these people be like. He was old as shit and on medication. What the fuck do you mean he's fucked off traveling for a bit? Yeah, just blows my mind that she was that old and doing that sort of stuff. You know, even it, it, that shows it's one of the cases where the the age you are doesn't matter. You could be in your eighties and still be a, turn, turned turned a serial killer. Yeah. The next episode but, is when we start to go into like really lengthy ones, which is making yeah, me. Yeah, and we used photo. We used the photo. Yeah, so we started using and pictures. Which means we're going to be going on quite a bit of a tangent with a lot of these now I'm looking at them. So I'm going to let us go for a quick toilet break because we're going to be here for a while and I need to go get... Yeah, I think if we get to 25 and then we stop. Yeah, I'm going to go and like have a little quick toilet break. So I'm going to let you guys do the same. Well, I, I can t- I'll talk a bit about this sort I was of stuff. More, I was more meaning this is going to be a pain in the ass to upload, so I'm going to stop recording for a brief second while I can go to the toilet and grab myself a snack because I'm getting a bit lightheaded because I've not eaten since 12. So, I'm Oh, to- you were going to stop? Um, I'm going to stop recording for like a couple minutes while I run to the toilet, go get a snack, and bring it back to my desk, and then we'll start from David <gasps> Parker Ray. Oh, okay. We'll just like put uh, it together. Yeah, yeah. I'll just put like oh, I'll put enough. I'll put the theme song in the in the break period. Do that kind of thing. Or or, or just splice it together. You know that's fine. I just say if we get to twenty five, and that's fine. Yeah, I'm just feeling lightheaded, so I'm gonna go get a snack. So I can't. I will not. No, make, that's fine. I will not make it to twenty five at this point. Uh, big yeah. Quick quick intermission, guys. Ooh, go. Thank you back from our intermission. You might hear me eating a few things, but that's because I needed something before I passed out. I've gotten the shakes. Yeah. Shakes level hungry here. But the next one is when we started using photos and we went into sort of longer episodes to have more detail. And this was on yet again someone else who has a nickname. Uh, David Parker Ray, the toy box killer. Now he- this one, I remember because he used a... Well, it says toy box killer, but it's not an actual... It's not a toy box. Toy box in the sense, you know what I mean? But this is what I remember because it's like a torture chamber. Yeah. In a sense, right? Yeah. In the back of... Was it in the back of a van or trailer or something? It was in a trailer that he'd converted. Yeah, a converted trailer, which you can see images of the inside. It's so creepy. If you look at the images, there's a whole lot of shit going on. It was kind of like um, saw level, because he'd have like a yeah. he'd have a tape before he when he when they wake up, and they're attached to this bed. It, there'd be a tape where he's detailing what he's gonna do to them, so it's kind of like jigsaw. It is, but it's just the thought of like instead of it like the other cases we previously covered, then people just dying. Uh, he actually lengthened them by having them being tortured for a long amount of time. You know, kidnapped, tortured, uh, and a slow, slow, painful death. One, and just one thing that's interesting about it, though, uh, 
they never found the body, so there was actually no physical evidence that he'd done it, but he he'd written everything down in, like, a diary. Yeah, well, see, when they do that, when they detail everything, that that really fucks with me. Yeah. They detail everything they've done, and looking at all this shit, like, there's so much in there that I can't even fathom what half that shit is. Well, that's, that's a dildo, I can see. <laughs> I was looking at everything and I was like, oh, I can't even determine what some stuff is. Oh, that's a dildo. Um, but there's just so much shit in his walls where it's like, my man wasn't just doing torture of just like you were getting stabbed with a knife or something. He had a whole arsenal of shit. That's how fucked up he was. Yeah, like it was a whole fucking, like some of the detailed things. Like he had like an electrocution rod. Do you remember? They used yeah. To, they used to put up them and turn it on. Oh, Which horrible! Is horrendous, and he only got caught because one of his victims escaped. They kept her in yep. the house, and she'd escaped because he do his help. He had help from his daughter and his girlfriend, and she escaped and flagged down a police car. And she dragged the police officer to where she just escaped from, and he took like one look inside the trailer and went, "What the." F- fuck and then they just he david parker had come back after trying to find her with his girlfriend so he was caught straight away yeah this is one of those cases where in uh someone escapes and the escape is what is the downfall and it's like if that person hadn't escaped this is like what back when my descriptions were just kind of nice and normal because now it's like this cunt, this fucking cunt, this di-. like I'll put the weirdest shit in the descriptions. This was when it was more detailed and very professional and normal. Yeah. So back, if back you in, back in the day when I just took it serious, well, I took it. I take it seriously now, but back in the day when I was just like nice-ish. But yeah, if you want a saw realm-esque type killer, David Parker raised in that realm. And, oh, then, yeah. and then the next episode was the, third, one, uh, the first the most, biggest. Yeah, could be the most infamous sort of just the name is synonymous with just, I think, anyone. This case is so big that I wouldn't be hard pressed to find anyone who doesn't know about this. Even younger kids now probably know what this is. And it's this is years after it's happened. And it is... The Columbine Massacre. I think when you just say that name, everything just speaks for itself. You don't have to say the Columbine Massacre, you just have to say Columbine. Yeah, Columbine. And that's it. I mean, we don't even need to say much about this because you already kind of know this. Um, it's kind of one of these events that's marked its place in history as one of the most infamous events to happen in recent history or in history in general that's changed the course of everything yeah, um, without a doubt. since that's happened and it's one of those cases that leaves that mark of America on the world in the sense of how stuff goes about in America in the sense of when you think of America and you think of guns, your mind automatically tends to think of school shootings, and this one is 
the definitive one that's ever happened in America's history. There won't be any one that will ever have such a horrible like, legacy as this one. And like you mentioned before, it's been referenced so many times in joke ways, yeah. so much other media and stuff. It's been... Um, it was the re- it was the whole um, inspiration for um, the first season of American Horror Story with uh, Evan, yeah. Evan, Evan Peters' character Tate Langdon because he his character obviously he's, his character's dead. The whole point of American Horror Story is very ghost based, but um, his character got he died after a police shootout because he had just committed a school shooting and they do a whole thing in the library which is where a massive part of the Columbine massacre takes place was in the library of the school the, the, it's one of these cases where it's referenced in so much dark humour that while some people laugh at dark humour and that sort of thing it, it's one of those things where you could you laugh at whatever joke dark humour someone's maybe made about this case but then you think well it's such a fucked up case that even dark humor about this sort of thing is so messed up that, you know, it's that realm of just dark humor is popular within uh, so many people. But even people who make dark humor jokes sit back and realize that, okay, I've joked about this, but it's a severely fucked up case that, you know, maybe it's too far with how far some stuff has gone with this case, considering what happened in it and it's kind of like it's weird because this event happening has been the one that everyone references in terms of certain aspects like gun control school shootings etc etc you know there's always events in history that kind of leave the mark for the reference for the future generations to be like this this is the 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 the, the event of the thing that happened never have that happen again Yep. You know. Yep, definitely. And as as we talked about in it, there's various bits of media and stuff that you can find from this, but this it was it was a touchy subject to cover. But in the realm of true crime, it's one of the, the biggest cases that there's ever been. Also- and hopefully never repeated. It's also one of our longest episodes. Yeah. Um, it's almost three hours long. I, d- I don't, I, d- I don't really know uh, what to say because even t- me speaking about this now, I'm already feeling horrible inside at the thought of, you know, everything that happened within that. So a very tough, tough case to uh, listen to. But um, if you don't know anything about it, then well, go and listen. But a very tough case. I have to sit back in your seat and really think about uh, things. And really, it's one of the cases that I think of how valuable, um, how valuable it is for me, or how lucky I am, I should say, to not have to be ever in a situation like that where I live, and that how lucky it is to uh, be alive. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like that's the case because we have a lot of American listeners. And we've talked about gun control and everything beforehand, but uh, the fact is that in this, in a case like that where 
when you don't think your life's at risk, it can be at risk in a mere matter of seconds. And the the ones you loved are not there anymore. So listen with caution on that one. Yeah, definitely. Definitely listen to that one with caution. The next one... If there's one, anything else you want... Okay. Because uh, those... I know you, 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 you led that one, I'll say. You led that one. Yeah, I got a lot of research on that one because I had found... I think I also went into, like, the parents as well a fair bit because I think because Dylan's mum has done a lot of TED Talks about being a parent of a school shooter. It's a very tough topic because, obviously, it is one of the most notorious school shootings in American history without a shadow of a doubt. Unfortunately, it's one of those cases where people tried to copy it, which is really fucking stupid and annoying that people have tried to do that. And I remember it was one of those where it was another one of those cases where people have gone, oh, they did it because of this. And it was like, oh, they got bullied. And it turns out they didn't get bullied. And then remember Marilyn Manson got blamed, didn't he? He got blamed. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, they listened to Marilyn Manson. It's his fault. And he was like, apparently when that... And it was all over the news. He went, I'm going to get blamed for this somehow. I just have a feeling about it. And then they, he did get blamed by the media. And then the parents were like, they didn't fucking like Marilyn Manson. They don't... They don't... They couldn't fucking stand him. Like, so no, that's not accurate at, at all. Yeah, and considering this is a case where it's two teenagers in that part of life where they're just at school growing up that sort of thing kind of changes the uh lookout on that sort of thing because the previous cases we've done it was loads of adults doing it and that's the first case we talked about people who were younger and i guess a lot of people could you know i'm not saying like relate but people listening might be teenagers going to school and might be listening, might have listened to that and gone, shit, you know, they did it at the time where they were teenagers just like me right now. How could someone my age do that sort of thing? Yeah. There's not much to say on it other than that it's... Because the way they did it, it was so... they all. I mean, they're all kind of planned, these maskers. The way they planned it was just a bit... It was on another level. The fact that, thankfully, their bombs in the in the can in the cafeteria didn't go off, because they were meant to go off during peak time, which would have resulted in thousands being dead. I think it was like sixteen odd or something that I, that had actually died. That could have been thousands if those bombs would have gone off. That's the that's the reason why they went to the school. Because the bomb didn't go off. Mm-hmm. And this is a case that even if you don't know the name, if you got shown the photo of these two, the two people, you'd go, oh, I know who they are. Or I recognise who they are. There's weirdos that are obsessed with them in really unhealthy ways as well. Like, yeah. Like they're, they're, they're in love with them kind of thing. And I just fucking weirdos. Do you think that? Well, we, t- we took the tone down a bit the next one yeah, and didn't go on kinda, kinda. i mean this woman did literally skin her husband 
Yeah, but I meant in the sense of we did it, we took it away from the 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 heaviness of you know young teenagers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She um. She was fucked up from the get go. This bitch though. She was like, well, she tried to kill a baby multiple times by leaving it on like train tracks, and then. Oh, as for the last one, if anyone doesn't know. Um, they aren't alive. Oh, yeah, no. The, Columbine, they, they shot themselves on the scene. Oh, well. Haha. Uh-huh. Dickheads. Oh, yeah, Catherine. Catherine Knight. She, uh, she was a very abusive person in terms of oh, relationships. Oh, Australian. Yeah. Right, I remember this was Australian one, yeah. Yeah, she was very abusive. She was, she was a very abusive person in her, in her relationships. And she was very controlling over the, her husband or boyfriend. She had an ex-husband who escaped that marriage. And then she got, oh. this, she got this new guy. And he was terrified of her. He'd left the house multiple times, like moved out, got a new life. And she would relentlessly stalk him to try and get him to come back. He'd come, he came back and I remember like he was terrified he knew she was going to do something and he actually said to his boss if I don't come into work it's because she's killed me it's because she's done something I remember this because when he said skinned she cooked him she uh, she was a butcher so she was like she was a skilled butcher and it was kind of like her passion as well as a job and she would have like butching materials like knives and everything all over a wall she'd have him hung up like like everywhere she was obsessed with it and with him she killed she he was asleep so she stabbed him in his sleep and then she skinned him and she tried cooking him she was going to feed him to her daughter she was going to feed him to yeah she was going to cook him feed him to her daughter and when the police, then she tried. I think, but she didn't do it in time. Cause I think she, she went to sleep. She was gonna do it for breakfast. Dot was gonna come around, and she was gonna do that. She went to sleep. The police had been alerted by the guy's boss, by her husband's boss. To be like, he warned us if he was if he didn't come into work, it's because she's done something. So can you just do a welfare check? And I think one well, of the neighbours thought it was a bit something was a bit odd because his car was still in the driveway because he pre-warned the neighbours as well. He's like, if my car's still in the driveway, you need to call the police. So they called the police. Police went round. They're walking through the house. They find her asleep in the bedroom. And then the, one of the officers is just walking through the kitchen. He walks through the kitchen, put, pulls away what he thinks is just a curtain because a lot of people used to have, like, especially in the 90s, they used to have, like, curtains and leading up to the... Like, the beads leading to the kitchen. My nana has those. Or had those. And um, she's still alive, sorry. Uh, she just used... She got rid of the beads. Uh, but that used to be a synonymous thing in the 90s. Like, you walk into the kitchen, there's the bead curtain. So he thought he was pulling away a curtain to go into the back, to go into the kitchen, and then he looks down. And then one of the officers looks at him and just goes, "Mate, why you got blood all over your arm?" He looks down, sees blood all over his arm, looks back and realizes he just pulled away what wasn't a curtain, which was but was the skin of the husband. That sounds like something out of a fucking horror movie. 
Yeah, it, it was a fucking... Oh, I remember he and when you explained it, and I was like, ah! This, the, the cannibalistic thoughts. Ugh! Yeah, she was gonna feed Yeah, and our first really far away case, because we, we never done one in Australia, no. or in Asia, or around about... Well, I know Australia's not in Asia, but we've never... We ha we'd only done... Say. Europe, Europe, and the US. No, I've done Russia. We got Andre Chikatilo. I said Europe and the US. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I thought you said just like UK and the US then. No, Europe and US. Fair. Yeah, this was like the first like distant one, but I think I was. She was another one where I just like overheard it on a podcast, and I was like, the fuck. Yeah, yeah, she had a really long timeline of violence that was just escalating and then that is just another level because I think he there was like people say like her exes had said that they'd wake up in the night and she'd be like on top of them trying to strangle them when they were asleep and they'd kick her off because I think the only reason why he went round that night and they were breaking up or something and they'd slept together one last time that night and that's why she yeah they slept together one last time and that's why she did it she did it after they'd slept together the last time I am finding it a little bit concerning that I'm just looking at the titles of these episodes and remembering everything yeah well the next episode oh fucking hell episode 20 ah uh... Our most played episode. Fucking Jesus, this cunt. And yeah, this one, I think, of all the episodes we, that previously been done, this is the one closest to us personally, in a, in, in a way, if that makes sense. Now, people will know this because if I've said our most played episode, if you're a listener, you'll know which one this is. Yeah, uh, Because you've made it the most lis uh, listened one. Fucking stupid. Ian Watkins. Oh God, God, God! Now, um, this pile people of already shite. know. People already know. Oh. If you're listening now, you already know. But if you don't know, uh, personally for us, we're we're into uh, well, in in basic terms, alternative music. We're into alternative music, but more specifically, me and Lauren listen to all sorts of uh, pop punk, emo, post hardcore, metalcore, uh, that sort of realm yeah, of music so this one and kind of tied into that in our more music sense because if anyone doesn't know uh ian watkins and i hate saying his name like chris benoit was a very famous person and at one point in a uh, very famous band that was circulating around in the music scene in the uk very popular uh, the band Lost Profits. Now, even saying his name and the band, like with Chris Benoit, uh, so many bad things spring to mind. But yes, he was the lead singer of a, one of the most famous Welsh bands, Lost Profits, and did unspeakable things. Yeah. I just... Oh, it's so horrible to even think about what he did. But you guys will know what he did. And it's on the top of the most fucked up things to have ever have happened. But again, it's one of those things where that 
point in time where someone was like famous and then it all goes to shit and then obviously all the stuff related to that because they were famous i.e lost profits the band the music performances of them you can still find but it's all a very gray area for actually consuming the media he like surrounding him and the band yeah it's just the it's everything one of the worst cases ever from the uk yeah yeah like worst one of the worst pedophile cases the worst welsh case yeah one of the worst pedophile cases definitely because and i I know there's so many people that might go what about savile what about glitter what about harris Mm. it's like well we've covered savile and glitter they were fucking horrendous cunts as well even they had a fucking minimum age limit which is really horrific for me to say but they fucking did which is saying a lot like they didn't go that low yeah which is horrendous the <laughs> fact that he literally just just he went there like i think we we, we mentioned it on that episode because there's a brief bit where like we for the first part of it where we are discussing the welsh rock scene and how synonymous they were and how they actually inspired and helped a lot of bands making it into the scene back in the Yeah, like context of him... Just so you could all understand... To to him becoming famous. Yeah, so you could all understand why, like, just the level that they were on so you could get an understanding of how big this was. Yeah. Because if he wasn't famous, it would be a big news headline, but it would very quickly get brushed under and people would forget about it. But because of how infamous he was, that's not what happened. And, like, we mentioned it in the podcast, we talk about um, Sean Smith and the Blackout. He used to be friends with them before all this came out, and he stopped being friends with Ian in, like, 2009. And uh, there's an episode where they're talking about, like, the year where a lot of bands in the scene broke up, which was 20, 2012, 2013. It was a, the, the, around the time that he was getting arrested and, got, and the investigation was starting, which is really horrendous. And he was almost responsible for this a lot of bands in the scene dying. Let's be fucking completely honest, he was. And Sean acknowledges that in the episode. And there's a bit where he just goes, when they got the call saying that he's been arrested, they immediately jumped to the conclusion of drugs because he was a drug addict. And they jumped to, oh, he's been in possession of drugs or he's dead because of a drug overdose. That is the immediate conclusion everyone went to because they were like, they could not fathom it would be what it was. And then when they told him, what it was they he thought for like a split second and was sat he said he he said that it sounds horrendous to say but he was really fucking hoping that they just forgotten to add a fifth a five to the number so he thought it was gonna be 15 he was like oh they they, i think they got the number wrong that's not they they got the age wrong it's not that it can't be that They, they must have forgot to add a five or six something like it's it's horrendous but they've they, there's no way and then when it came out that it wasn't a fault the shock and then how blatant 
how just like confident he was that he was gonna get away with it because he wasn't hiding it really like his bandmates didn't really like him so they were in a completely different dressing room to him they didn't really talk to him they st- he was staying in wales they were all in america they d- they never saw him really other than when they toured they didn't really deal with him so it was one of those where no one just everyone was just like yet no one saw him so no one, everyone just went oh he's just clearly like they didn't see the cockiness because he had it kind of hidden but he also kind of didn't like his passwords to his computer was just basically telling the world what he was doing yeah i mean this if, if this is one for if people don't know much about the alternative scene or alternative music uh, in general and listen to other stuff it's quite a good uh, listen for that to realize how like with chris benoit there were so many people who were fans of wwe millions of fans and then that happens and the thing they love and then obviously this didn't affect me as much because i was young and i wasn't a f- like into that music at, at the time and that sort of thing etc but it's this is the same similar situation where loads of people are into emo pop punk or the alternative music scene and then something like this happens in the scene they love everything just chaos ensues and it's one of those things where because it's true crime um you know people like uh loved that band they loved lost profits or they you know might have idolized the lead singer ian but after so happened all that love and stuff you had torn out the window same with chris benoit people must have loved him in wwe after it happens you what your idol isn't anymore you have to throw away all that stuff you had all that times you listened tarnished everything but it's our most played episode so something about it's intriguing to others and yeah hit, hit, hit quite home for I think you, Lauren, and some of your friends, because you got some of their um, rememberings of the time. I asked them why they used to like him before it all came out. Like, what was it? And they just were like, his music, the way he was on stage, I felt like I could really connect with him based on what he'd been singing about. I felt like I could actually relate to this person. He was a lovely person to see on stage. All this amazing stuff and how it crushed them because... You can't wear a Lost Profit shirt nowadays. You can't nope. play them out loud. There are people who nope. I know who have said, "I if I listen to him, I've got I'm, it's, his headphones on, even if I'm at home alone, but I feel wrong doing it. I'm like, yeah, I get what you mean. There's so many people I know who loved their music. They can't listen to anymore. One of my favourite songs by The Blackout has him on it. So that's fucking terrible. Oh, does it? Yeah, they don't... Uh, high tide it's high tide baby they don't play it live they never do they've not done it since but that's one of my favorite songs by the blackout he's on it it's fucking stupid and shitty i think they should re-record it with um sean doing all of ian's vocals to be completely fucking honest hopefully they might hopefully they do but there's so many people like when i was at download festival last year my first download festival in our camp there was a camp next to us and this guy, I just see him, he just puts on a Lost Profit shirt at Download Festival 2022. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Take that off. What are you fucking stupid? Like, 
you can't do it like it's really shitty because i said in the episode and i'll say it again now i don't think the band members knew anything about it at all like i said they never were around him they fucking hated him they beat the shit out of him once because he missed a show i'm just like and they and they all handed over every ounce of electronics that they had to be like if we can help in any way with this investigation fucking look through everything just so you can clear us off it like i don't they, they i don't think they had any fucking involvement or knew anything because he was so blatant about it he wouldn't care if he actually like if they knew he would have no shame in sending them something to be like haha look how funny this is that i did because he was doing that anyway he was sending it to that um girl that he was sleeping with the girl the woman that was trying to get him caught for years she was going to the police with all the evidence for years the police weren't giving a shit they were just ignoring her and he was sending them to her over the phone willingly so if the band knew don't you think that he would have sent them the same shit <coughs> it's a horrible yeah thing. But it is our most played. Yeah, there's just... Oh, we could speak about this case <laughs> for hours and hours. There's so much in there. So much uh, stuff to talk about. And it just... Oh, it's one of the most notorious cases um, from the UK. And one where whenever I think of my type of music I listen to and times where the scene has been very messed up, it's one of them there. So uh, if you've listened to it already, which you more than likely have, if you are an avid listener, um, you made it our most played episode. But if you haven't, it's a, a good episode to listen to to uh, really understand a pivotal kind of moment in British musical history. So uh, yep. listen with caution as well yeah, because it's very, very we, tough. I did not want to point out, I did not read the court transcripts to do that research. I refused to read them. My flatmates read them. She said, don't do it. So I never did. We did our, I did my research based without it because I don't think I fucking need to read that shit. It was already obvious how horrific he is. I didn't need to torture myself by listening to that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, that one I sunk my teeth into some research as well, musically, and yeah. that sort of thing. But yeah. Ian Watkins, our most played. Might be overtooken at some point in the future, but as it stands, it's our most played episode. And I don't know really how we feel about that. Spotify raps did not word it well when they announced No. Um, it's not their fault. It's not their fault the way it was worded. On the wrapped, there were they obviously say, "Oh, which episode brought the viewers in?" And they, it was worded, "Episode twenty, Ian Watkins really brought them in." I was like, "Oh Jesus, don't fucking word it like that." Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Mm. But episode twenty-one was um. This one fascinates yeah. me. This serial killer fascinates me because of how intelligent he is, and it's really scary how intelligent he is. Yeah, I remember this uh, when you explained it. He was a he, he was a man that had a very high uh, IQ, if I'm correct. 
Yeah. And also, you would think when someone has a I mean IQ might not mean anything, but in my mind, when I think of someone who has a very high IQ, they're very aware of things more than others. So doing something horrible wouldn't be something they'd want to do. Yeah. Like he handed himself in as well, which I it's just which is different for a serial killer. He handed himself in. But he was smart because um, he did his first murder when he was 15 because he killed his grandparents. They put him in an institution. But he behaved, But he basically figured out if he behaves himself, they will let him sit in on things because he, he just pretended like he wanted to learn about psychology and stuff. So he got on like he got very he was very good and they the. I think this is stupid. A psychologist let him sit in. He's in like an institution for really, really horrific criminals like serial killers, murder, just murderers in general, and rapists. And he was listening to how they got caught so he could know how not to get caught. And he was looking whenever they some people got cleared and were released from the institution, he was looking at how they acted and their mannerisms to warrant them getting let out so he would copy it so he just pretended like he was okay and they let him out when he was 21 they let him out back into his mum's custody and that was something that the police that was something that um, the psychiatrist said not to do because the relationship was not good at all and she caused a lot of issues between them two they're like don't release him into the care of his mum just don't do it the police Released him into the care of his mom, and he then started. On, he went on his murder spree. He was targeting a lot of girls on the college campuses when they were hitchhiking. He'd pick them up, and then he'd take. They'd kill them, and then he'd bury them on his mom's in, in his mom's garden, basically, and. There was a bit where the and he was and he started he wanted to be a police officer as well when he got out but he was too tall because he's really fucking tall but he started hanging around at the police bars where all the officers would go it's it's a bar where like a lot of the police officers tend and te- detectives tend to go so he he just befriended all the officers there and the detectives so when his case was like an investigation he was just finding out where they were up to after a few drinks with the case so he was always on the loop of where they were where he was so he could keep the distance and then like stuff got released to the media and the media was like this person is targeting people on college campuses if you go into hitchhike get into the car of someone that has the college uh, logo on the car his mum worked <coughs> his mum worked for the university so she had a call. She had the sticker on a car, and he was using that car to pick up people. Like it's a mixture of smart and decent luck, which is really annoying. But his end goal was to kill his mum, and he killed his mum in a very disgusting way. Like the others were disgusting, but this was also fucking vile. Killed her best friend. Left town. 
called the the police department when he realised no one had seen the bodies yet and went, oh, I've just committed this, th- these murders. You might want to go and... Uh, I'm just confessing to you. You might want to go and... Uh, go, go check that out. And the police officer was like, ha, yeah, funny. Ring again later. Not believing him. So then he rings back a few hours later and just goes, I would like to talk to this specific detective. Told the detective everything. The detective was like, I think we need to go check this out. So what he said was true. And then he handed himself in because he had, in his words, done everything that he needed to do. Yeah. Interesting one, like I said, because he was a very smart person. And usually someone who has a high IQ is quite gifted. So he could use that um, and not gone down a horrible path. But, you know, fact is, it's when you think, oh, a serial killer smart. You know what I mean? Like, usually a lot of serial killers do some dumb, stupid moves. But, you know, when you, he said he's um, smart. Um, yeah. Scar- yeah. Scarily smart. Yeah. And then... Uh, Oh, well, the next case, um, I, I mean, I guess we could just end on this one. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because this was the first one I believe I led myself. You did, yes. It was your first I took, one. I took the rope, I took the reins, and I was like, because oh, I was thinking, what do I do as my first ever case? And then it was scary for me to actually lead it myself. You know, you like the alternating between us and uh, now, but I was scared to do my own first case. And then... Um, this one just came to my mind and I thought this has always been a case that I, I knew about and thought damn this is an interesting one so I thought why not so the first ever case I decided to lead and it was episode 22 and it was Eric M. Smith now the name might not ring bells for people but the image is what might ring a bell because this was the one where if you google Eric M. Smith and you see the image you're like oh I kind of think I've recognised him because this was the case where uh, a serial killer, and it was a child serial killer, so I hadn't done that yet. Um, and of all people, when you look at the image, you think, that's not a serial killer. And that's what was the most infamous thing, because when the images were released of who the killer was, it was a, a, teen- a young teenager who had glasses and a ginger hair and freckles. Yeah. Not the person you would think that is a serial killer. And they had the the the, um, the the serial killer-esque glasses as well. So this was a very interesting one. And the, the case surrounding it and why. And this was a very other heavy one because he... Um, Eric Smith at the time, he's still alive. Um, oh, Ed Kemper. He's uh, not alive anymore, is he? No, no, he is. Oh, yeah. No, he is. Ed Kemper's alive and... Ian Watkins still alive in prison. Ugh. Um, I think we we, th- we thought Watkins was gonna die was gonna die earlier this year because he got stabbed in the neck. And we're all like, "Fucking yes, it's happening!" No, he lived. And Catherine Knight is still alive as well. Um, yes. But yeah, Eric uh, Eric Smith. Um, at the time of doing it, he was, I believe, thirteen. Yes, thirteen. And his victim was only four years old. And it was only because he was angry. Eric Smith was angry and just took it out on this poor, innocent four-year-old, Derek Roby. But this was just a very interesting case because of 
who did it, how young he was, and when the images came out and everything, and that's what intrigued me. Because if you see a pale, freckly ginger kid with glasses, you don't think they're going to be a serial killer. Because so, uh, they get bullied. Uh, ginger people get bullied quite a lot. You know what it's like these days. But he's done so many interviews afterwards or he's a changed person. He regrets doing this sort of thing. And it's one of those cases where at any instance when you snap and do the fucked up thing, your life's over. Yep. And he was angry and at the moment he just snapped, took it out on uh, Derek Roby and now he's in prison and his entire life got fucked over. Um, but yeah, it was a bold one for me to kind of go with my first case being a, a, a young child killer teenage killer um and i might even if you listen to it i might have been shaky scary when i was explaining it but yeah that was the first case i decided to do and then we didn't really alternate too much but i every so often you'd be like do you want to do one and i'd be like yeah but um if you want to hear me on my first ever case i covered it's episode 22 a very interesting one of uh, eric m smith and that was back in may 2022 wow (laughs) But yeah, it's been a very long journey, um, and you know we've just talked about the first. We'll talk about the other cases as well. But you know, first twenty-two, we we've we went through a lot from those first twenty-two episodes to uh, where we are now. Some big cases, some smaller ones, a different mix of them. I think we we're just finding our ground. But I think maybe episode twenty-two maybe after-ish, when I've done my first case, we start to pick up and we kind of figure out kind of what's going on-ish format-wise, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But there's a lot of way worse cases that we cover in the future. But we'll, we'll, we'll in another episode, either part two or whatnot, or even part three, we'll speak about them. But I think it's it's been good to go back and... Um, yeah. Just go go over how many people that we've done because there's such a wide variety of people and there's still so many left that I've got on my list of I want to cover. So we're not stopping. Oh no, we're not. We are not. Back then as well, we we're on like less than a thousand plays. Yeah. We're on six point four now. Damn! It's nice to think at that time it was just a a hobby we were doing and it still is. And we weren't worried about views or anything, and it was just doing this because it's an enjoyment. But the fact it's picked up since then to this level, we are so forever grateful. Yeah. And to be able to say that we're at episode 100 and still going strong. Yep, still going strong. There's going to be more episodes. We're not stopping any fucking time soon. Don't worry. We're still going to be here still gonna give you all this content because there are so many fucking cases to cover yeah so they don't uh, don't stop yes so there'll be a part two of this and then after that will be the christmas episode uh no christmas yeah no yeah it's your week next week and then it's a christmas episode well i guess next week will be a part two of this yeah yeah um and just because I think if we we can go over all the ones we've done so far and that uh, however many parts that takes, but this has been a very long one. Uh, but we'll we'll break for the Christmas episode for an actual case, and then wherever else from there. But you know, it's gonna uh, be a point where it's like, hello, episode two hundred. Oh Jesus! 
and time will fly by but i appreciate everyone that has stuck by if anyone's listening now let us know if you've been here from the beginning if you haven't been here since any of those 22 episodes when you started listening who your first listen was but yeah thank you thank you guys that's all i have to say yeah thank you guys for listening we appreciate you so much and we'll see you next week this has been a fucking long one bye yeah but oh bye wait go on uh, as I say, but, you know, we've covered so much that it wasn't going to be a short little episode being like, oh, so we've just done this, this, and this, and that's it. Because we've done a lot. Sure. And it's nuts to think how much we have done all that time we've spent doing the research, doing this stuff. And the fact that you guys are enjoying it makes it worth the while. Exactly. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.